Could you imagine um, Bob Fosse's version of Willy Wonka? <laughs> I just want well, to imagine that's, that. That's a whole different. <laughs> and then lots you know. of dancing. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 95 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history. But we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast, like us, or if you've only seen your school holiday concerts production of the Polar Express Junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. Well, are you coming? Right to the North Pole, of course! This is the Polar Express! I just had to do that. (laughs) That was so good. Tom Hanks, he salutes you. Hire me for the Broadway production. There truly could be a stage production of this. Yeah. I'm, we're, we yeah. know that that hot chocolate number mm-hmm. could be mm-hmm. a tap dance. Yeah, yeah. Hot chocolate. Uh, uh. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major hot chocolate podcast platforms. That's right. And those are Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Yeah. And some other ones too. Sometimes I randomly find our podcast on random podcast sites. So yeah. And you can leave us and you should leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help other theater nerds out there find our podcast. That's right. To find out more about this theater nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at theater nerd pod and on Facebook at theater nerd podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All right, Rachel, here we are, episode 95. Yes, yes. We're chugging along on that Polar Express. On the Polar Express. To episode 100. Yep. We're Taylor's favorite episode. He's planned yeah. it since episode one. Honestly, I have. That's a, yeah, that's a little tease. It's a little tease in the business, what we call. <laughs> that's right. Um, yes, I have. I'm very excited. Lots of exciting things happening in the next couple weeks and next year. Rachel and I are talking about 2024 already. I know. And, um, lots of. Going to get our act together. Lots of fun things coming for you. That's right. Our act. It's our act three. (laughs) And as a Shakespeare tragedy, it's going to be grand. This is when all the bad shit happens. Prepare. That's it's when we start cursing on every episode, really. <laughs> every episode is explicit in season three. <laughs> what or the? we change we change bad words into just like the bard or like Shakespeare. Yeah. That could also be fun. Or every time we say bit. what's the buzz, it's like beep, like what's the beep? <laughs> <laughs> so like in, in the song, what's the beep? What's happening? You yeah. know Taylor loves a good beep. 
I do love it. Loves a good, to beat things yeah. out. Yeah, it's so good. Well, these next three episodes, ninety-five, ninety-six, ninety-seven, are a fun triple La La Bland. That's right. In into the world of Willy Wonka, um, which I'm Rachel sorry. thought this one we're going to talk about today was just called Willy Wonka. I did. I've yeah. ne- I've never heard anyone say Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe. I yeah. mean, obviously the book is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and right. Charlie, which we'll talk about. The yeah. looking or the Looking Glass Elevator. <laughs> Charlie, Alice <laughs> through the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I'm fine. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. So we're doing this um, three-part series today. Well, starting today, uh, this week, and we're going to end it with, of course, seeing Timothy Chalamet in Wonka. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rachel's favorite. And be all, my love. Yeah. The yeah. light, my love. Rachel's tried and true. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. Little Timmy. Yeah. That's little Timmy. Oh, man. Hope he doesn't have a hurt knee or anything. Little tiny Tim. Um. <laughs> Yes, so, and we do have a special guest today who we'll get to. Um, I did want to say up up on the top, we are going to do our little buzz segment. We're going to have a little twist on the buzz today, which will be fun. But we're also, of course, it'll cut to our main course section of the Lala Bland, and that will be with our special guest, too. So if you guys are kind of like, oh, this episode's, you know, there's like another section of this episode. That's why. <laughs> so, um yes. Yeah, it's going to be great. And these episodes yeah, are, I mean, they're so much fun. We had so much fun watching, yeah. re-watching these movies and talking about them. So Yeah, it is actually yeah. just such a blast to watch the, yeah. the movies. Yeah, and then we're going to, we haven't seen, as of recording this, we haven't seen the Timothy Chalamet one, but okay. the reviews are in and they're they're hot, so. Just like Timothy. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, of course, let's do our weekly current Broadway theater news segment. What's the buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. 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 Um, so we're going to do a couple buzz segments here, but then our main buzz really is going to be talk. We talked about this last week, of course, but Rachel, we're going to talk about Rachel's New York trip that she just recently came back from over Thanksgiving. Yay. Yay. And for those listeners that really want to know, I have not like Rachel and I have not really talked about it in depth. Like I know what shows she saw, she saw, I follow her. I wonder if any theater nerd listeners came up to you, Rachel. <laughs> I time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. The first bit of news we are going to talk about, though, I'm very excited. We're getting a revised national tour of Shrek the Musical coming in 2024 crazy how different is this going to be like is it like just like staging like is it like the wicked in germany or where out austria where is it is it like that where it's like just a different like palette or whatever or like you know stage or is it like are they like reworking the script that's what i think they're reworking the script i mean i honestly when i yeah when i first saw it i was like oh of course to so that people don't have to figure out if they're gonna say some of these jokes or not you know i remember Taylor and I have talked about this. We did a Shrek the Musical class together. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of jokes that 
like at baby, the time baby bear baby bear that was me baby very bear. important yeah, yeah yeah but at the time like they were barely okay then and they're certainly mm-hmm. not okay now yeah and so i think that they're going to rework some of the script but i don't think they're going to change a lot of the story necessarily yeah, yeah. um i would check's not an ogre this time <laughs> yeah. surprise i yeah. i do wonder if they add a, like a, an additional song or if they change some of the duloc numbers um mm, mm-hmm. but i but i think it's most I, what i assume about it is it's about the script well and also in the touring and slash licensing script the the dragon song is not it's the same it's different it's not, it's not donkey oh, pot pie it's oh. not donkey pot pie it's a different song yeah, yeah. i know which i'm kind of sad about because i love donkey pot pie but you know, I don't know. It's so good. It's so good. Donkey. It's really good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the only kind so, of yeah. Popeye, apparently. <laughs> apparently not. The donkey community really came after them. <laughs> they really came forward. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the asses. Um. <laughs> Rachel, tell this this bit of news is very interesting. The fact that this itself is news really says a lot about where we are on the Broadway bus. But I do find it fascinating. So Baz Lerman is pondering. He's pondering. pondering He's Mr. Ponder Replay. (laughs) Whether they're going to do a Moulin Rouge, the musical movie. Yes. I just want to know why we're not just saying that we're going to do it. Why are we pondering? Are we looking for some producers? It's Baz Luhrmann. Like, come on. It. Yeah, yeah. But um, legit- I, well, actually, I don't think it was nominated for Best Picture last year. But, but I think that this is related to the conversation we've had before, um, which relates to our next bit of buzz. But mm-hmm. taking movies, then making them musicals, and then making them mm-hmm. into movie musicals. Right. And I will let you say the next bit of buzz, Tay, but I think that all of this, including what we were talking about with Wonka, like, or, yeah, Wonka, is that I think there's some branding issue here mm-hmm. between the bigger Hollywood style experience and the audience when it comes to a musical. Like, I guess the moment we say it's a musical, people don't want to come. But then also, I, I don't know if that's true, but it seems that way. Mm. But then also for us, uh, people who love musicals, that's why we would want to go see that. Right. Um, and so I think that it's really, it's a real struggle on the this side of like audience, audience members and producers maybe to know how to market a musical correctly. And I just don't know why we can't just name that things are musicals. Like people will either go see them or they won't. But why does it like, why does it matter? This is also weird because it's just a remake because the movie is a musical. Like at this it point it's songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Fair. But it's just an updated version of the original movie. And it has unless more, the show more songs. Unless the show is different. Like unless they updated the story or like made it I haven't seen the musical. Have you seen the stage show? Yeah, with Aaron. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. right and right. there are more songs. But right. to be clear, I've never seen the movie. You've never seen the movie? What? I'm sh- with Nicole this is Kidman. One that, I know. Yeah, this is this is my the Back to the Future. I guess this is your like. This is like know. many movies you haven't seen. 
that's well i've seen a lot of movies but there's also some i haven't seen so but i'm shook because it's a musical i'm really shook i think it was not no disrespect to nicole kidman whom i've seen in the grocery she's store really once. good in it I just don't think I could. I think that that she's potentially the reason why. Like when it finally became something, like it's definitely not something I was going to watch because people around me weren't watching it. Yeah. But then when it came, to I wasn't time even allowed me, to watch it until I was yeah, like fifteen. Right. So when yeah. it came time for me to watch it, I just I think. Yeah. I wasn't interested. She's really good. She got an Oscar nomination for it, and um, I mean, I believe we'll, she's great. Yeah. I mean, we'll do a Lala blend of it one day, and, and we'll one talk day about I'll it. have to watch yeah. it. And it's great. It's really good. I it's obviously really good. know the story mm-hmm. because I mean, it was Ewan so is, ingrained in the culture. Yeah, Ewan is everything. He's great. He's so good. Oh, wow, good. that's I don't even know what to say anymore. I think we're done. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's it's not like one of my favorite. It was one of those movies that like my aunt talked about so much, and like loved it. But then my parents were like, "Well, it's about strippers," and I was like, "Is it though?" And then so you know, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, our next bit of buzz before we talk about Rachel's trip, Mean Girls, the movie musical, which do does anyone know this is a movie musical? Again. My point. Yeah. The posters have come out. New posters have come out. Um these were, yeah, I mean, very interesting. I thought it was interesting that they who they chose to do a poster on. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, like, and the tag, plastic is forever, the tagline, and the little musical note, so we know it's a musical, like, it's <laughs> but always do we? there. No, but do, no, I don't know. The, I mean, really, we do, say, it is a musical. Should they say Mean Girls the Musical? And then, but then right? people will think it's the stage show, so I think that's why they're, I don't know, it's just strange, it's very strange. And it's coming out in, like, a month, like, that's I what's know. also crazy. It's got to, yeah. but the problem is they know they have to be behind the Wonka wave. Right. Well, that's true, but also notoriously, movies in January through end of February, maybe beginning of March, are not like people put like the studios put their like movies they aren't sure are going to do well there. <laughs> so, and yeah. So their we'll B-list, see. Their C list. Right. And I'm hoping that it, I'm hoping that it does well. I mean, it's a strong brand. It is a yeah. strong brand. And Tina Fey yeah. being in it and being in the I'm excited trailer. for uh, uh, I never can say her name right, but Ayule uh, uh, Corallo playing Janice. I mean, yeah. that's such a different role for her. And Very different. For Can't Moana wait. to come out of her shell. and Her Moana shell. Yeah, exactly. Into exactly. her mean girl moment. Yeah. She'd yeah. rather be me. She'd rather be yeah. herself. She'd rather be not Moana. <laughs> I'd rather be me and not Moana is really the subcontext. Yeah, that is. So very exciting. Of course, we'll, we'll Rachel and I will probably see this movie and we'll talk about it, you know, when it comes out. Probably. So. For sure I'm seeing this movie. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The, like Wonka and this are the two things that like, keep me going to the movie theater well and uh, we can't forget about the color purple that's also coming out true um so we want to shout that out too because that and that's either going to be like a huge hit or it's going to be like a huge flop and i don't know what the trailer looked so good yeah once again did not tell me it was a musical but the trailer looked so good and i was ready yeah yeah we'll see see. wonka and color purple are both 
Warner Brothers Pictures. So that's very interesting to me that they're releasing basically two musicals back to back. So it's the year of the musical. It's the season of the musical. Saturn Return and musical theater. 2021 was a big year for movie musicals. So true. Yeah, and then we also have Wish, the Disney movie. What is that movie? Who even knows? Oh, I want to see it. Yeah, it's on my list, but it's not high on my list. So yeah. <laughs> I have other things. All right, let's get down to brass tacks <laughs> and buzz here. Find, finish our buzz and talk about your buzz. New York trip, Rachel. Yeah. I'm so excited. You'll get my true reaction to everything. <laughs> not, not that all my other reactions are fake, but. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. well, it was amazing. We got there. It happened. Um, and you're back. And, and now I'm back, and I also got here. But, um, but so we went to the parade, yada yada. So fun. Um, which was super fun. But I will say, I wasn't sure how. I I just didn't know what the readout was for my parents on how how Broadway e they were feeling. And mm-hmm. when I got with them, my dad was like. I mean, if we have time, we should go to the Museum of Broadway. Like, he was really into it. So, um, on Friday was our first theater day. And the first thing we did was actually take a backstage tour or backstage, quote unquote, um, a tour with the backstage blonde with Teal herself. And it it was so fun. And I thought it was going to be like a bigger group. And it was just my parents and I. And Mm. we got to talk to her all about her experience as a dresser. And now, um, you know, what she's doing. um, And also all of her experiences. And then we got to walk around and talk about the history of the Broadway theaters and just talk about why some of them. So we learned a lot about why like the Schubert like foundation mm-hmm. owns all these uh, right. theaters. But the specific, yeah. But specifically like how some of the original theaters that now are owned by those, how they were built like by one person um, who, you know, was doing some kind of other industrial uh, situation, why they built like the theaters, fit like Mm. physically where they were and then in competition with some of the others because for a long time um theaters in new york or in the united states were owned like one person owned one theater not Mm. like a whole group of theaters and that was only relatively recently in the late 1900s so i learned literally so much it also was so fun she's amazing i would 100 percent recommend to anyone who's going to New York mm. too. Shout out to um, Backstage Blonde. Come yeah. on the show. Follow, Please come yes, on the show. Also follow her on Instagram. And yes. yeah, it's just we really, it's it really great to, to hear all about that. But mm-hmm. what's also cool is because she does this so often and she works on Broadway, um, we got to ask some people who were around like what their experience was, who mm. were just like waiting in between. It was a two show day because it's the Friday after a holiday. So typically Fridays are a one show day, but it was a two show day. So anyway, there are a lot of people around. Um, And we got to ask this one person who was this used to be a swing in another show and now works uh, as a stagehand in Aladdin. Just what some of the mishaps were on the stage once or twice. Yeah, it was just really it was really cool. And my Mm -hmm. parents really loved it. 
Good. That's so fun. What I meant to say was that we did that second because first we went to the Museum of Broadway because my dad was like, we should go. So we did. We were like, I don't know if we have enough time. And then we spent two hours there and it wasn't enough time. So you, I, they say budget two to three hours. And I would say, if you're like me, you should budget three hours because Taylor, (laughs) it's freaking amazing. Like they have all of these like actual artifacts from shows shows that were just on and Mm -hmm. shows that have you know like ran forever ago but then they also have different segments which i assume will change over time like different places where certain things are on loan and they've made an entire section but it's so cool because they walk you from the beginning of theater history in the united states from the beginning of yeah. that all the way to now. And wow. there's a little timeline and it's That's really so cool. cool. And I just, it's really awesome. And I learned a lot and not just musical theater, but like plays themselves. And of course Amazing. they talked a lot about the things that we talked about back in our, what is the history of theater yeah, history episodes of theater, yeah. that we did and talked about like the importance of minstrel shows and vaudeville into, even though they're super problematic mm. into how musical theater came about. So they have like, it was just really amazing. And then they have all of these like themed spaces with all these artifacts and you'll never believe what one of those spaces is. Rachel sent it to me while she was there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Rachel's favorite corner. <laughs> it's jukebox musicals. Yes. Yes. Um, it's I mean, amazing. It's a big wave in the industry. I yes, mean, they have. They've made yeah. a big wave. And what's so funny is that literally there's a jukebox with all of these, like all of these um like discs, all Amazing. of the uh things that would go in a jukebox above it, and it's like coming out. And then there's this really chaotic, maybe I'll post it on our Instagram, really chaotic like vision board boarding or like murder board chart is maybe best about <laughs> how there are different types of jukebox musicals and yeah. how they're it all has like the red the... red rope and whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's really awesome i mean every part of that place was amazing and there's also mm-hmm. a space that's dedicated to the producers and dedicated the musical and dedicated to like oklahoma and company mm-hmm. and hair and like just things that really shaped the trajectory of musical theater. Um, and then what's really cool is there's a place that talks all about on the first floor, like all the things you don't see, like writing the musical, the mm-hmm. orchestrations, the hair and makeup, the, all of the backstage stuff, all of the props and the sets and so cool. how to make fake blood and like why it would look this way with the lighting this way and talks about sound, mm-hmm. like how sound design is so important. I mean, I could have spent probably like eight hours in there, honestly, if I wanted to read everything and just soak it all in. It was amazing, as you can tell, with the speed in which I'm talking. Love it. it was just so great. It was amazing. Mm, yes. So, And then for those that, of course, avid listener fans know yes, that Rachel yes. had tickets to merely yes. Roll Along. For and Friday Gutenberg. night. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Friday night we went to see Merrily We Roll Along and we sat sat in the grand tier and highly recommend. That's a great view. Yes, you and had great Rachel sent me a picture. They were great seats, honestly. It was amazing. Um, and I was beyond excited. And I have a little video of my mom reacting at intermission. I will send it or post it Love or something. It. It's Love so it. cute. But 
not to give too much away about the set design, but the orchestra sits on top of the set mm -hmm. to the left. Mm -hmm. And during scenes where they're not supposed to be seen, there is like a curtain on all of the windows that come down where they sit and you can't see them anymore. Wow. But you didn't know that was going to happen. So they play the overture, which is one of the longest overtures in current on current running currently on Broadway. I'm sure of it. Amazing. And it's incredible. And then the slowly the curtain comes down on on their windows and we're all, the whole audience was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Anyway, so um, <laughs> it was so good. Uh, Jonathan Groff and Daniel Radcliffe were in it. Lindsay Mendez was not, but her understudy who played, I should really have checked mm -hmm. what her name was before I started talking, was incredible. Sherez Alf. Alethea is the person who played Mary Flynn at my performance. And she was so freaking incredible. But you know, what was even more wild is Katie Rose Clark was there for the first act and then was so pulled out during the second act. And we heard it during intermission that her understudy would go on for her, her understudy who had obviously been a ensemble mm -hmm. member during the first act right right yeah yeah and so now you have two understudies I, and also i don't know my everyone when they made that announcement was kind of like what because when she had sung her first song um not a day goes by in act one she was perfectly fine yeah she was amazing fine she was amazing she was amazing no sorry she was amazing but she seemed perfectly fine yeah, yeah and we couldn't figure out if she like had been feeling unwell or if like she had hurt herself or I well, know, she does have children, so i wonder if there was yeah, something with things that happened too, in so. live theater yeah but yeah. it was but so that's always interesting when a mm. character completely changes their who their actor is. Did you like if you would not have known, would you have known? Do you know what I mean? Like if they had not oh, yeah. made the announcement, you would yeah. For sure you would have known it yeah. wasn't her and we would have all been like, What the heck? This person looks nothing like that person. Yeah, we okay, just okay. Saw. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. And and especially because the second act, one of the first numbers is with Beth as a very younger, younger person. And if they mm -hmm. hadn't announced that that was going to be Beth, like, I actually think, I think that there might've been an added line that Jonathan said to say her name. Got it. So that we knew yeah. that that was Beth because mm -hmm. we weren't going to yeah. be sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, it was absolutely amazing. So good. And then at the very end, um, I cried. Of course, yeah. like sobbing, just completely mm -hmm. sobbing. I will say, um, I've never seen Daniel Radcliffe on the stage, and he does not disappoint. Like he sings a very difficult song, and we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. How he was so nervous about it. He is so good. Like mm. you can just tell he wants it so bad, and not in a Leah Michelle way. Like in a very like genuine like. I want to prove and uh, not prove people wrong about me. I want to make sure that what I produce is worthy of the content that already yeah. exists. And it's, it's absolutely so joyous. And the two of them mm -hmm. on the stage, even with, um, Shiraz, Shurs, Shurs, Alethea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was great chemistry. So I can only imagine what it was like with Lindsay. Yeah. Amazing. 11 out of 10 so good 
what would you say, like, as far as, because you've seen a lot of Sondheim stuff, but where would you rank that, like, is this one of your new favorite Sondheim yes. shows? Because this was the first show, time you'd seen this show. Yes, right? this is the first yeah. time I'd seen the show. In it, and the music was so good. I, I told Taylor ahead of time I was trying only to listen to the mm-hmm. album once because I wasn't sure right. who was going to be there. Um, but, yeah, it's... It is a show where when you, it's kind of like the last five years, you listen to it and you're right. like, wow, this is powerful and this is good. Like, I love this, this stands alone. And then you watch it the first time and your heart is like, you're, mm-hmm. you are gutted. Yeah. You're like, ah, uh, and that's what this mm-hmm. show is. I mean, it's different. It's a little different. It's not yeah. quite the same in the sense of how you feel because you feel a lot of complex things. Mm-hmm. I also think that but it's time. Of course. Yeah. But like when I'm watching Into the Woods, I understand that there are complex things. And maybe as I continue to get older and if I have children, the complexity Mm -hmm. of the things that I see will shift. And in this musical, it is really about friendships and friendships missing each other. And that's something I feel I can really personally identify with. Right. And so I think that 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 shapes this. Mm -hmm. For sure. So love that. Good. So yeah. good. Okay. And then and then there's even and more. Then, yeah. And then like a crazy person, as always, I put in for the lottery. How many I shows did you put in for? That's what I was wondering. All shows except for Wicked, Hamilton, and Chicago. Wow. That is including wild. including some off-Broadway shows and that I want to plays. See. Um, the only play I did was I Need That, the Danny, um, okay, DeVito play. So, you didn't do Pearly Victorious or, um, The Shark is Broken? Those are the two no. that I was wondering if you would. I didn't. I was also trying to gauge what my parents would want if I got Valid. these tickets, if I won tickets. I'm gonna link in the show notes to a place that has been on Playbill since I've known, since I've known mm-hmm. how to do the lottery. So, for many years. They continuously update it. That person who updates it needs a raise. And it talks about mm-hmm. the ways that you can get discounted tickets, student tickets, rush tickets, and lottery tickets for every show that offers one of those options, every show Love on it. Broadway. It's amazing and so easy. And people ask me all the time, how do you do this? I'm like, I literally just have this page bookmarked. And when I'm going to New York a week out, I make sure I put the lottery in for the right times. Love it. I set a timer. Anyway, so I did win uh, tickets to see the matinee performance of How to Dance in Ohio, mm-hmm. which is still in previews. And I really wanted to go, but I was trying to like be okay with if my one of my parents didn't want to go and I just get one ticket or whatever. So we ended up getting two tickets and then everyone decided they wanted to go. So we bought a third ticket. <laughs> love it. I love it so much. Um, which was, <laughs> it was awesome. It was a Broadway actually, weekend. It was. My dad sat on the same row, but on the different side of the orchestra that my mom and I won the tickets for. So it. it worked out. It was great. And yeah, that, was great my, that was my dad's favorite show, he'll tell you, of the three that we saw that weekend. Amazing. Which is saying a lot. Mm. Um, there was so much talent on that stage. No doubt about it. The music and the staging and the sets were amazing. It also was just very nice to be watching a show that 
was authentic to the mm -hmm. actors themselves. And also, I mean, as authentic as you can be when you're doing a dramatization of anything. Right. But also, it was a feel-good show. Like, mm -hmm. it, it was about complexity, but at the end, you, like, felt good. Mm -hmm. Like, And not everything was, like, wrapped up in a nice bow, but on purpose. But you, like, mm -hmm. felt good about, like, feeling okay about the things that were happening. Yeah. And it wasn't trying to drive any points too hard to you, which I feel like a lot of new musicals that have a message are trying over, like they're hitting you over the head with this one message. Right. And I just felt like that wasn't happening. And mm -hmm. I think the amount of characters that you follow help you to understand there's right. nuance. Anyway, absolutely freaking amazing. I am so excited to see what happens when they open, but mm -hmm. it was, it was a packed house. Basically there were like four or five seats around that I saw that were empty on a matinee day. So yeah. before they open, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And I think the Macy's parade helped advertise it a little bit Absolutely. more. Um, yeah. And we may be talking about how to dance in Ohio a little bit later on, uh, on yeah. this podcast. A so teaser, once again. A tease. Yeah, a tease. But I would um, recommend everyone, um, they have like a few uh, clips on YouTube and I would definitely recommend. And Building Momentum is the song of the summer. When I say song, summer, whoa. I mean the season. It was so good. That song yeah. is an earworm. Love and it. it also has a cute little message. So, hmm. yeah. Let's talk about Gutenberg because I have not heard much about you talk about okay. this show. <laughs> Gutenberg um, with Andrew Reynolds and Josh Gad. Um, Love it. My and tummy, special guest. And a special guest. My tummy as a precursor did not feel great. Uh, and so your girl was like seeking exits. Rachel and I were both having trouble troubles on Saturday, apparently. Yours were worse than <laughs> yeah, mine. Were, I could sit were. through the musical, but it was yeah. not as it was I it definitely was more distracting than it normally is. Mm -hmm. Um, so I will say that laughing a bit too much was not something I fully could handle. Mm -hmm. That show is so freaking funny. The script mm -hmm. is really good. My dad was like, didn't they write that? I said, no, they didn't write that. And he was like, there's <laughs> such that cool it? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And that's that's how that's how hooligans it, it reads. Yeah. And it reads like, I don't know who the heck would have done this. Like mm -hmm. their who chemistry. Would have done it? Right, yeah. Right. Off the charts. The staging is so funny. They commit, talk about committing to the bit. They freaking commit to Love the it. bit. Josh broke on stage three times. Oh thrice. my gosh, that's amazing! I don't think that that normally happens. And at one point, Andrew, I, I don't think they were ad living, but he, but he maybe, and he was like, "Are you all right?" And he said it to the character, but I think he was like actually talking to him <laughs> because Josh could not keep it together. Like at one point, we all started clapping because Josh was still laughing at amazing. whatever was happening on the stage, which I live for those moments. Yeah, I live for it because. That's when you're like, this is this is mm -hmm. live theater. Shit's really happening. Mm -hmm. It was so good, so funny. Um, I cannot believe it's a two actual <laughs> show. <laughs> but I laughed so hard. My mother was laughing, like laughing, laughing Amazing. at so many more things than my dad and I. She was living her best life. <laughs> um, and then at the very end, we were all like, who's gonna be our special guest? Who's gonna be our special guest? Mm -hmm. And it was weird, Al Yankovic. <laughs> 
so good. I watched the video of it. It's so amazing. He's, he is yeah. re- talk about yeah. committed. He is yeah. really yeah. committed. He, like, At one point, I thought he almost kisses kisses Josh. Dad. Josh. Yes, and he Josh does. Is unwell, and no one yeah. can handle it afterward. And we're all like, yes. "What's the actual heck?" Yeah. It's so good. It was so good. I will say what was interesting to me. I obviously I really enjoyed the show. I I also knew what I was getting myself into. Um I we just had an arrange uh, an array of experiences in in musical theater ro- world. But if you were going to see what you would ca- like categorize as a traditional musical and you saw this and you didn't know this is what you were seeing, you would be very disappointed. Yeah. If you're not, if you don't like humor, if you brought, obviously you wouldn't have brought your child, I assume, but like yeah. if you brought your 12 year old, like there, it is, it was clear to me that like, this isn't a show you just come off the street to watch. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes more sense about why there's been so much press around it. But the two is of it them very are, like theatery, like New Yorky and theater, like it's like a, it's like a, you know, in Merrily We Roll Along when they're doing their review about the Kennedys. It's mm-hmm. like that. It's like that. Amazing. It's like that scene, but two acts mm-hmm. of that, but even mm-hmm. funnier. And like yeah. just so strange. And it also makes it's kind of like um something rotten where it makes fun of musical theater. Right. Also. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite show you saw? I don't know. We have a ranking system. I maybe will post it about how I like we rate Amazing. the musicals. <laughs> and um Merrily we roll along and um and How to Dance in Ohio or Merrily we roll along was um second and How to Dance in Ohio and Gutenberg were tied for first. Love it. Uh I think they Great. were all very very different, but if I all very going, different. If I were going to go see a musical on Broadway right now to try and like understand, like to just like feel good and also like experience a musical, it would be How to Dance in Ohio. Well, here's another question to ask it. Which one would you rather see again? Like if you had right now, you had to see one of them again. Just one? Yes, you have to pick one of them. That's the whole question. <laughs> okay. Well, I think. I'm, a, like I'm some, using a cop out where I would see Merrily We Roll Along again in hopes that I could see Lindsay. Okay, that's valid. And Katie the entire time. Yeah, valid. My last question is: <laughs> Did you stage door? Because you didn't tell me if you did. Did you stage I, door? I I didn't stage door. I really, really, really want to stage door for How to Dance in Ohio. And there were so and not Merrily or Gutenberg. Okay, I did. I I did want to. I did want to stage door for Merrily Roll Along, but I was very hungry, and also there was. I I I had heard no excuses. I had heard that that Jonathan wasn't going to come out, and this is what happened to me last time. Jonathan didn't come out. He goes a different way, and that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And like, although I would have waited there for Daniel, I I was I wasn't going to do it. Hey, I wasn't gonna commit to lived, it. The but, boy who uh, lived. I just loved seeing him on the stage. Like on, I didn't want to yeah. ruin it. To be honest, not that he would have ruined it, but I was like, no. he was just so good. How to dance in Ohio? A hundred percent. I wanted to. There were so many people stage dooring for a matinee. Like wow. I mean, so many people. And Maybe I was this like, is the wow. new hit musical of the season. I, I mean, don't know, but it was, 
it just was so good. It was yeah. so good. And well, yeah. And, and did then, Josh and Andrew stage tour? I get. I, I don't know, but they were yeah. selling playbills with their name signed for Broadway cares. And so I copped out and That's I got cool. one of those. I love that. Yeah. Amazing. I know. Oh, so much fun. So I'm so glad we got fun. to talk Sorry about it. Sorry we took the... so much of your no, time, everyone. And yeah, Taylor. Taylor, I'm like, gonna... I don't care. Yeah. We'll keep this all in. It'll be it'll all be there. This is gonna be an extra long episode because we also have the Willy Wonka discussion that we're gonna talk yeah, about. Yeah, I was gonna say this isn't um, the podcast. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be great. Yeah, we still have a whole episode, but everyone. I will say talk to anyone who I don't know, and even those I do, like if you have questions about Broadway and like going to see a show or putting mm-hmm. in for a lottery ticket or like what Rachel, you girl. see, just talk to us. Yeah. 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 I will Rachel's say something seen, behind what, now, the recording for you, Taylor. 60 shows now, probably? 55? Yeah, some probably somewhere yeah. around 55. Yeah. Not yeah. quite 60, I don't think. It's so wonderful. So <laughs> wonderful. One great. day I'll get there. One day I'll get there. You will. You will. I know. I know. So great. And um, now we move on to our awesome wonderful Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory Lala Bland with our special guest Becky McNamee Alright Rachel here we are after our we're in the midst of the holiday season really Yeah happy December Yeah happy December December nights is is what we're doing right now um not not as of recording this but um, we have a very fun couple weeks planned. These episodes, yeah, so much fun. I'm super yeah. excited. Yeah, uh, as you guys I can see on your podcast feeds right now, we are doing uh, our series La La Bland, where we look back at movie musicals and say, should this have been made? <laughs> are we a La? La- <laughs> is it? A- yeah. Is it? La- yeah. Is it a La La Bland or are we La La fans La- or stands? Yes, that's. Yes, that's what we say always. And uh, for these next three weeks, we're going to be going through the chocolate factories. Many chocolate factories is really what we're going to do. And uh, Rachel and I are going to travel the world and go to many different chocolate factories. No better preparation for the holidays. It's true. I do actually. I do eat a lot of chocolate at Christmas. I will say. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the Ferrero Rochers. That's my personal fave. I mean. I one time made a, a whole trifle, Ferrero Rocher trifle, and it was amazing. I gotta wow. say, I know. But this week we are doing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Next week we will do Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Ooh, we'll get to that one. Big. There's some big thoughts about that movie too. And then of course the culmination will be Timothy Chalamet in Wonka. <laughs> Lots of thoughts that we'll have on that. <laughs> Rachel and they're Rachel's all gonna favorite. be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Rachel, I think Rachel's notes will be, I want more Timothy Chalamet. Where, yeah. When can I take this movie home? <laughs> yeah. When can I rent it in my home so I can watch it at all times? Um, but uh, we thought we it would be really fun to have some guests on these episodes. So first up, we have a wonderful guest, someone we've known for a very long time. Um, who taught us theater? She she helped see, she helped grow our little theater minds. That's really what she did. And <laughs> she's shaking her head right now. She's we're like, we're oh, going to no, talk I all. We're going to talk for that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk all about Narnia. Is really what we're going to talk about today. Um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
And uh, um, guys, it's Becky McNamee here today. Thank you. What clap, 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 what's happened? Yes. <laughs> Yay! Welcome, Welcome thank Becky. You. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. And, I'm excited um, to be here. Yeah, for those that don't know, Becky was our choreographer and director of many shows that Rachel and I were a part of in um, Character Works Theater Company growing up. And we are so excited for you to come on the show and talk all about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And one of the main reasons why I pitched to Rachel, I was like, we should ask Becky to be on the show is because this coming March, this March of 2024 will be 10 years of me being in Willy Wonka, which we'll post a photo on our social media of me and all the later hosen and all of that, which we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you remember, Becky, about that experience? I mean, it was 10 years ago. We were kind of talking about it before we were recording, but what do you remember about that? Um, well, that was, uh, that was the first show that I directed at Character Works. Mm -hmm. Like you were, you were both high schoolers, so you had been there. Um, but I remember being overwhelmed by the amount of magic that had to be created, mm -hmm. um, and all of the special effects, I think to that point, um, you know, in college, I directed like 16 people in a black box, not um, an 84 <laughs> trying to make um, movie magic happen before our mm -hmm. eyes. Um, and so mm -hmm. I just yeah. remember being intimidated by the magic um, because uh, I know that people can watch the movie and think it's weird, but I think it's pretty magical. I'm a big fan of the original movie of the Gene Wilder movie. Mm -hmm. And so I wanting to make it um, magical. I think that was something that I remember being a little bit overwhelmed by. Um, and mm -hmm. I, the, the other thing I remember has nothing to do with it is that I, um, in a reaction to previous shows that I had been around at, I finished it. We, we finished it at lightning speed and we had a field day and I've never, mm. ever had a full field day again. It was, it was the only time. Um, and I do remember that. <laughs> as well. Start out strong. Start yeah. out strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Also, I do remember Listen, I know I'm, I'm bringing this up, you know, it's going to, I knew it was bound to happen that I would bring this up <laughs> with you, but like I was, a giant Oompa Loompa at one yes. point. Yes. And um, yes. I just want to put that on the table. Like, what were your thoughts about, like, why did that happen? I'm just okay, bringing this up. Sure, this sure, is, this sure. is my trauma <laughs> coming back. No, no, to, this is actually kidding. a therapy podcast. <laughs> this is so funny. People have not brought up the giant Oompa Loompa thing in a long time because that came up all the time until we did it again. And that production right. did not have giant Oompa Loompas. And now, mm -hmm. like... Mm -hmm. Going through COVID, I mean, most people there now have no idea what you're talking about. And so people don't ask right, me about it anymore. Right. But that was like a common thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here, I will I will explain. Hear me out. So in mm -hmm. the script, it spoke specifically about how no human went in and out and how no nobody from the mm -hmm. town had ever mm -hmm. been in and out. Um, but I didn't want all of the students to not be on stage for all of act two. 
And so I pitched this idea yeah. that we they've made up this group of people from some faraway land and there's no reason like the in the book, they're not even the same as what they are in this movie. They're described completely right. differently. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. why can't they just be families of this, these same people? And why do right. they all have to be small? And that is how we had giant Oompa Loompas. And I mean, mm -hmm. I have always stood by my reasoning, but I've never really felt like it ever went over well with anybody but my head. So like, if I could go back, maybe I would do it differently, but uh it, yeah. it was i just remember here. like tights and then now also like it's like like donald trump makeup is really what it is now yeah is, sure is, sure, sure so if so yeah. now like if i could go back i think what i would want to do is just reimagine what they looked like so that i could still like all the oompa loompas like i would reference the stripes in the orange but we wouldn't all be painted orange, and we would mm -hmm. have something that like referenced it but a little bit more creatively um yeah but, you know, again, like I said, that was my first one. So you live, you yeah. learn. Yeah. No, I love and, that. And but then I it love, was fun. Yeah. It was I really love fun. the idea of like it being some things that we talk about sometimes on the podcast that you have to know the people who you're who are in your show and there are a lot mm -hmm. of children in in the show obviously um yeah. because that's what our theater was and so you're like I don't want them to all just be cast for act one and that one last scene at the end when mm -hmm. everyone returns yeah. home and so yeah and I've been a part of shows where that was the case I was in like all of act one and then like not at all until bows <laughs> it was like I should have just gone home why was I here and so I think you have to make it meaningful in that way even if that means committing to families of Oompa Loompa. So I love that, yeah. Becky. I love it. Well, my, ther my, my therapist really wanted me to bring it up today. So I just wanted <laughs> to put that out there. <laughs> what a game uh, I would never want to play is like how many people have talked about me in therapy. Like this yeah. is a, what a I scary mean, game that I is. I think I may have said this, Rachel, on the show before, but like Lynn Manuel Miranda, our close personal friend on the show, <laughs> has um, has said before that like as a parent, all your like everything you're saying to them is just like things they'll bring up later in therapy, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so that's a fun thing to think about now as a parent. So, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that insight. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> next well, next time we'll have you on we'll just go through each show and say what what was this decision about? What, what? I brought up this <laughs> picture because I'm just really not understanding <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so much fun well I, I want to we usually start these Lala Blanche just kind of talking about like what was our first experience with the movie or the or the just the material in general obviously this is the 1971 musical fantasy this is what I found on the internet based on of course yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, written by Roy Dahl, the um, mm -hmm. famous writer. And and something I didn't know in researching this is that he did write the screenplay for this movie. Roy Dahl wrote the screenplay. Um, I didn't know that either. Which is very, yeah, there was a whole thing with the studio is a thing. But um, Rachel, what was your what was your introduction first for this movie? If you remember, obviously I we were not born in 1971. Uh -huh. So, 
I don't remember my intro to the movie. It had to be around some time when Theater 4, which was also a theater company that existed mm-hmm. in our hometown, started to do the production um, because I went to see it. I don't think I had auditioned for it. I don't think I was old enough. And so I went to see the show and I vividly remember the machine the um, mm-hmm. during that production. The egg how machine? Cool it- no, like the 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 machine that makes the everlasting gobstopper because oh, oh, there were okay. tons of people on the stage all in black and like wearing different things and being the machine and it was mm. and they all made different sounds and it was Love this choice. I, I don't understand why I was so obsessed with it. I think it's because it I mean, eventually it like improv it's related to just noises and weird things and mm-hmm. i don't know but i loved i loved it so much and i'm sure i watched the movie before then or after then um i have mm-hmm. a very vivid memory of the beginning scene of this movie where he's talking and they're singing at the in the in the the chocolate shop or in the um candy mm-hmm. shop and and then the rest yeah. of it i don't really remember all that well until later um but i have a very vivid memory as a child watching that first scene um i'm sure my mom becky we talk about my mom a lot on this podcast yes and because she's a number Shout one fan Barb. and she listens yeah. every week and then she corrects me uh when i don't get the information right <laughs> <laughs> and will tell me yes as, this is as what all I great learned. moms do <laughs> yeah out of love she's like don't embarrass me like that yeah. um yeah but i think obviously knowing that the Candyman can song was right. something that just people I, what you're saying is your it first like your, in the in the ether i don't know i just like knew it what you're saying is the Candyman was your first great love is really what you're it, saying absolutely actually just the guy who <laughs> yeah. sang about the Candyman. yeah yeah so you know. Yeah, it's it's a little meta. He's like singing about himself a little bit. It's very um, weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, Taylor, what's your Becky? First? What about well? Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you are. We know right. we know how to host the show. We know how to host the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Becky, what about you? What is what was your first experience? Um, I mean, it would be hard to pinpoint other than I know that I watched it as a kid. I knew I watched it a couple times as a kid. Um. I, um, you know, being a little bit older than you guys, uh, would have had, um, I, we did not have it on VHS, so I would have watched it on TV, like when they would run it, um, probably during holiday, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I just remember, I, I loved the, the, I want it now song. The, mm-hmm. the, I, I thought she was so great. I mean, I remember you saying that when we awesome. did the show that you like loved this number. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I still do. And mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have two girls and my youngest one also is um, not that spoiled, hopefully, but uh, definitely has that level of like confidence as that child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Such see it in um but yeah I just remember I remember that and um and I and for some reason like the when he yells at them at the end I just remember being so sad Mm. so sad I mean obviously it all works out but like when uh, he's still when I watch it I get sad when he yells at Mm. Charlie and Grandpa Joe at the end yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah 
which I, I fun fact, maybe I'll say this early. I found out he that the actors, uh, Grandpa Joe and Charlie, did not know he was going to make that choice. Yes, that scene. I I knew this. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which is the so director, well, and you can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I feel it. I I still mm-hmm. feel it every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I sometimes I love finding things like that about movies where they're like the director hid this from people and then it, to get first reactions. And then sometimes I'm like, is that a good choice? Like it's very manipulating and like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like a personal fan of that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I, it works in the sense that like, it's a very moving um, thing. I, that's a whole different theory on what yeah. I think is ethical yeah. treatment, mm-hmm. but that, that's yeah. not. We love talking about ethics on this show. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did either of you I'm gonna talk about mine in a second, but did either of you find it like creepy at all? Because my parents, literally the two movies my parents as a child I remember saying, like, but this these movies are weird are Willy Wonka and Wizard of Oz, which is funny because I ended up doing both of them in high school. Yeah. But they both were like, these are so like they just didn't get it. They like, I don't know. And also, we talked a lot about cats on this show because Rachel is a very big fan of cats. And <laughs> Becky's face, yes, yes, the musical. <laughs> Becky's face, and um, Becky's. I want Becky's face of when we when I said cats to like go down in history right now. Of like, my <sighs> parents are not done. big fans of cats, and therefore I'm kind of of the musical, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Am I a big fan of cats? But I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, did you? Any of you find it? Either of you find it like weird? Like. I don't know. Or scary now, as a kid? Like, is it scary? Not as a kid. Now, when I watch it, I'm like, this is a little weird. But but mm-hmm. his books are, like, his stories are with yeah. purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's it's intentional. Um, so as an adult, I'm like, this is a little weird. But obviously, there's, like, points being made. But as a kid, I do not mm-hmm. remember finding it creepy at all. I thought it was yeah. cool. Like, I. Yeah. Which I, I think I is Rob Dahl's intent. It is his intention that kids find it cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. He writes from the person, almost always from the perspective of the child. And Mm -hmm. so there's a bit about that in, in, and I did not know about the screenplay. So that makes a lot more sense. I would say as a kid, the scene with the boat made me scared, but that's also what Mm -hmm. the children are feeling in that way. Mm -hmm. So it's not Mm -hmm. the same as like being creeped out as an adult and literally someone who watched it like three weeks ago i'm like what in the world is yeah happening? acid trip like yeah I, like total yeah i had this moment of like would i let my <laughs> how would i frame this for my child knowing that i probably mm-hmm. wouldn't need to because they wouldn't see the things i do but there are a lot of moments where i'm like this is a very interesting take on this story and i find i i find it interesting what my childhood self would have enjoyed from the show and what I now enjoy about it and I think Mm -hmm. part of that is also just the intensity in which it is actually about the experience of the child um, written in that way it is funny what we block out like when you go back and watch something that you watched as a kid like you're just like oh I remember the whimsy and the fun and the oompa loompas and the and the chocolate and then yeah there's that like intense boat scene and you're like this is what like what are these like the, you're the, like oh the bugs, is he gonna murder the this scary yeah, guy yeah. who's like yeah. making trying to make uh-huh. a deal with everyone about the everlasting he's, god he's, stopper 
He's been a recluse. He's been a hermit for 20 years and he wants, then he captures seven children for, I don't know. Um, (laughs) This is a movie that I feel like just has been in, it's so popular that it's like been in the nice, like, space. I don't really remember when I saw it. It's just been a thing forever. I actually have not read the book. So that's one oh, thing really? that I'm going to share. I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Charlie and the Tractor, Chocolate Factory version here. I've not read it. Um, but I, I have read some of it because I remember volunteering in an elementary school and I read it to the children and they were very excited. Um, but I have, obviously I've seen this version. I've seen the Tim Burton version, which we're going to talk about next week. Becky, do you have feelings about the Tim Burton version? Just to pause um, here. Yeah, I, I don't love it but I, again as i said i am a big fan of this version um mm. and so it's just very different which is uh, sometimes i wonder if i'm just like i am becoming a grandmother before my time in the sense <laughs> that like i really like classic movies and rarely am i impressed with a new take on them um mm-hmm. but yeah well what's new anymore that's the thing like everything's well, being yes. done Right, right, exactly. And it's just hard when you have something like imprinted in your consciousness as like something you love. It's like, Mm -hmm. I love creative new things, but I don't Mm -hmm. know that I want someone to take something that I love and be like, "Mm, I didn't like your way. Let me do it this Mm -hmm. way. So, Mm -hmm. but in the end, the reason I, I don't like that one as much any given choice, like I can like, like, Oh, I like that. They took some of the actual wording from the book or stuff, stuff like that, that I like, or I like the visuals of it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, what I don't like is that I think that there's more like charm and sympathetic nature in Gene Wilders. And I, I think that because he like the story is creepy and weird in a sense that he's like essentially mm-hmm. like kidnapping and weeding out children in the factory. Right. I think that the lack of like connection to Johnny Depp, like really it, it gets, it takes away the like charm of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think part of what maybe we'll touch a, about a little bit more, but Gene Wilder had so much influence on how this role was so much visualized and performed Mm -hmm. so like before this we just had both the you know charlie and the chocolate factory and then the sequel charlie and the great glass elevator Mm -hmm. uh, books Mm -hmm. and then this was the first time we're seeing Mm -hmm. willy wonka as the character embodied and Mm -hmm. because of that like from every part of his costume to the way that he limps Mm -hmm. and then doesn't limp to all of these other things Gene mm-hmm. Wilder had so much input in that it's it it has to be challenging no matter what decisions were made later to embody that same character in a way that is even similar or completely dissimilar. Right. Um, it just to have that much control over your character in Hollywood and in this day and age, I feel is probably not possible. Um, but also I think that that's what allows it to be such a connection between the character Willy Wonka and the actor mm-hmm. himself. Well, we'll see. We'll see what Timothy Chalamet's control. Of. Time can only tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. And I want to say here, right off the bat, one of my notes, Willy Wonka does not join the movie until 55 minutes into this movie. That He's is true. I clocked it. That is so wild. The, literally, the movie is named after him, and he's like not showing up until 55 minutes in. And then, really, right, we only because- spend. 
like 25 minutes with him. Like we only spend like 30 minutes with him, really. It's so crazy. Yeah. 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 What a mystery. <laughs> what a mystery Willy Wonka is. That's really. <laughs> um, this movie was released on June 30th, 1971. This movie did not make a lot of money. It was the budget was three million dollars, and it only made four million. It it was like not a big hit at the time. I think once it got released on like VHS, like we were talking about, and like you know eventually DVDs and like syndicated, I think it ended up becoming like this cult classic. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't think right off the bat it really was like a big hit. I think people knew the book, but it's interesting to me that like it's so venerated now but like at the time I don't know if it was as popular well and I think the what made it even more popular although I can't speak to the time at that point but part of what made it even more popular was Gene Wilder's nomination for this Mm -hmm. for this role yeah and I think a lot of the performances including Gene Wilder has stood the test of time and I think even the even the um the new movie the remake has only like made this movie better in some light and made like they both kind of helped each other in a way i feel like which is interesting um this movie has a 91 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes even though you know it's not the end all be all would either of you like to guess the audience score of um rotten tomatoes i love to i love to bring this up because it's fun rachel would you like to guess I'm going with 62. Becky, do you have a guess? I was going to say 70. Uh, if we're playing Precious Right Rules, um, Becky wins because she's closer. Because it's <laughs> Is that Precious Right Rules? I don't know. Um, it's 87% is oh, the wow. audience score. I know. I think that's high, too. It's very high. Um, obviously, Rotten Tomatoes was not invented until like 30 years after this. But um, these... <laughs> these are old reviews turned into i think honestly i think 91 percent for a critic is like really high like that's like they must love this movie i don't know that's really i mean that is really high i know it's interesting but um some production history on this movie of course the book is like very very popular where doll has written so many you know wonderful books that I think this was the first like movie version of one of his books, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the director, Mel Stewart, his 10-year-old daughter and him were reading this book. I don't know if you know this, Rachel. And she asked him to make a movie. She, she mm-hmm. said, you, you should make a movie of this. Of this. Um, and then so he, he went and did that. Now. <laughs> many, many things happened in between there. Um, but Roy Dahl wanted to write the screenplay, and they they gave they they gave him you know the authorship of course, but then once he finished like they didn't like there was like an argument with the studio, and then he like they basically like changed a lot of stuff like during filming. So what it really wasn't like I think there were things that Roy Dahl since then like does not like about this movie, which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. To the point where that's why we couldn't re- we like I was a part of it, but that's why we weren't allowed to remake the movie until he died and the rights right. were given up. Mm-hmm. I mean, even so, Rod Dahl's reaction since the movie it's a it says Dahl has disowned the movie and was infuriated by the plot de- 
deviations and considered the music to be saccharine, sappy, and sentimental. He has also disappointed because the film placed too much emphasis on Willy Wonka and not enough on Charlie. Right. Well, I think, Becky, we're going to say something about that earlier, right? The book, it's, the two books itself are not really focused on Wonka as a character. Yeah, that's when you said it's called it's called Willy Wonka, but you don't meet him until 55 minutes in. And that's because it's not based mm-hmm. on a book called Willy Wonka. It's based on a book called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. Um, and the mm-hmm. they named it Wonka. Did you see why they named it Wonka? I Instead do not know of Charlie? Why. Do you know why? No, no please, no, tell, please, us. Tell, please me. tell us. Okay. Um, I, all right. Let me, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right. You should check me before you would put this in anything. I believe it was Quaker, um, like Quaker Oats. They, they were, funded, they funded the movie. Yes. Okay. I'm right. So they were coming out mm-hmm. with a chocolate bar called Wonka. And so they wanted him to be the title to sell the chocolate bar. The chocolate ended up failing, so it didn't matter. But they were, it was like preemptive marketing. Everything's about money. Literally, everything's about marketing. Wow, I did not know that. So, so yeah, so because of that, so that they changed, they changed the name. And I'm sure with that name, I mean, it, you know, anything else, like things shift as you work on projects, right? And between mm-hmm. Gene Wilder taking such ownership, I mean, obviously he was going to take ownership in a way like a kid who I think the kid that plays Charlie Bucket is does a beautiful job, is wonderful. So great. Yeah. He's yeah. so good. And, but obviously he doesn't have the kind of like, ownership and power that like Gene Wilder has Mm. plus the money Mm. was pushing the Wonka part of the story for the sale of a chocolate bar that ultimately failed. Wild. Well, I'm surprised it wasn't called Quaker Oats in the chocolate factory. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's even crazier to me is that that kid, Charlie, his, I think Peter is his name. That's his only role. Yeah, yeah. That's his only do, you, role. do you guys know what he's doing now? Because I looked him up on Facebook. He's a veterinarian. Right? <laughs> he is a vet. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Peter, the veterinarian. He seems like such a lovely human. Like <laughs> he seems oh, so great. Man. And what's great about it is that every five years he gets like an article written about him. About he gets asked to do an interview about being Charlie Bucket, and I think that's <laughs> so fun. <laughs> And every year it's a new, it's like a different story. That would be hilarious. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is that when I, when I was telling my mom, shout out to my mom, Michelle, about um, doing this series on the show, uh, she was like, Willy Wonka is not a musical. And I was like, yes, it is. Like, it (laughs) is a musical. And she was like, there's like some songs, and I was like, no, like they literally sing in it. They all sing. <laughs> so like, and and I actually got that reaction from a couple people. Like they were like, it's not a movie what? musical, and I was like, yes, it is. So isn't that interesting? That literally the first like five minutes of the movie they sing, and I was like, this is a movie musical. It, then they all <laughs> sing, and they sing their emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. got a golden ticket. Has no one has no one watched this movie? <laughs> I think the only song that like is I guess it's I mean cheer up Charlie's like I guess uh, the like the like dream song. the like I know I know but it's like a it's like the dream it's like Charlie's hearing it in his head from his mom I guess I mean she is singing she's him, singing guess, it too 
Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know if he's hearing it. I Again, I think the Tim Burton movie influencing this movie is that that movie isn't as much a musical as this movie is. This movie is right. That's way so more true. musical. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about, the Timothy Chalamet one is what did they say, Rachel? A play with a music movie, or something? A movie with music. <laughs> yeah. That's it's what they said. So we will yeah. find out. Although I'm positive that that he sings. So Yeah. Well, hasn't yeah. Tim, I mean, we haven't talked about this, Rachel, but the Timothy Chalamet SNL um performance this past weekend or two weekends ago was yeah. Chef's Chef's kiss. Kiss. Yeah. It was just yeah, him singing the pure imagination. I'm I'm just ready. I'm ready for it. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So great. Um, well, let's talk about we talk about how much Gene Wilder had so much ownership over this role. But do you guys do you guys know like how many people were basically offered the role? Like, do you know the other people that were in contention for to play Willy Wonka? It's kind of crazy. It's really, really crazy. No, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm. Well, yeah. I was like, I knew Taylor would figure out about the casting because this is your this is your thing. So I'm ready. School me. Well, get ready. Buckle up because number one was Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. Oh was my one. gosh. Well, Fred then Astaire, nobody was like, if it was a musical. <laughs> right, for sure, for sure. So yeah. Or or would he have done the tumble differently? I think he would have like Definitely. tumbled and then tap dance. Tap. That's what he would have. Done. I, we right. would have. Wait, yeah. we would have gotten a tap number. And mm-hmm. how amazing would that have been? Yeah. Yeah. People definitely would have known it was a musical. The fizzy event. lifting tap number. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> On what the ceiling. Oh, yes. Just like Mary Poppins. Mary yeah, Poppins. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm just, it's just wild because Fred Astaire is like, I don't know, 65 at this point. <laughs> Apparently the studio thought he was too old. So that's why. Um, all six members of the Monty Python group were offered. Uh, no girl. way. Yes. yes. Every single member. That's awesome. That's such a good so fact. Crazy. Such a good fun. Uh, and then lastly, Joel Gray was offered the role, which I think would be very oh. fun. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And I think he would have done a great job. Yeah, I um, agree. Of course, coming off of Cabaret, I don't know. I think Cabaret was before this. But... um. That, yeah, very interesting. And when Gene Wilder accepted the role, like, he said, I quote, like Cabaret would have been right after this, right? Because this this would have, this came out in 71? Yeah. Let me look it up. Okay. I, I would guess it was Oh, after. 72. 72. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I guess he was filming. He was filming Cabaret. He probably chose Cabaret over this. That's what he did. Maybe they Films. were filming at the yeah. same time. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. That's a fun fact. Could you imagine... Bob Fosse's version of Willy Wonka. <laughs> I just want well, to imagine that's, that. That's a whole different. <laughs> and then lots you know. of dancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Wilder ultimately accepted the role, he said he, he accepted on one condition. And I, I don't know if you guys know this, but he said, quote, when I make my first entrance, I'd like to come out of the door carrying a cane and then walk toward the crowd with a limp. 
After the crowd sees Willy Wonka is a cripple, they all whisper to themselves and then become deathly quiet. As I walk toward them, my cane sink into one of the cobblestones. I'm walking on and stand straight up by itself, but I keep on walking until they realize that I no longer have my cane. I start to fall forward, and just before I hit the ground, I do a beautiful forward somersault and bounce back up to great applause. From that time on, no one will know if I'm lying or telling the truth. I can't believe that was his condition to take the role. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He was like, pay me $500,000. And also I need to do a tumble. <laughs> and also I have full control over my character is basically what that gives. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. I do think, of course, one of the great perform. I mean, this performance is truly one of the great performances in movie musical history it's so much fun i think look this rewatch of it was like one of my favorites i have lots of notes but it really was fun to go back and rewatch this it's really really fun it's a really fun movie that that's all i gotta say Are we, yeah i i don't want to like skip ahead but one of the things i want to say what my mvp is are we ready to talk about what our favorite part of the movie is well, of course, I mean, we can talk a little, I mean, everyone knows the plot of Willy Wonka, but of course there's oh, the chocolate factory, there's Charlie and his family are poor and they don't have any money and they can't afford chocolate and, <laughs> and they're British and yeah, and the they're British and money. yes, the mark of money, of course. And Willy Wonka is a famous chocolatier and he's been in hiding for however long. They don't explain this, I guess. Because they don't, people I guess they are taking his chocolate secrets. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, okay, this, again, and, well, Willy Wonka, this, this was one of the first notes I wrote. Willy Wonka, great businessman, question mark. Like, he's high, he's been hidden away, and then all of a sudden he does this big show thing. And then, listen, all his chocolates being sold around the world, and how much money is he making? That's all I got to say. I mean, great businessman. Um. Until he wait, I can my counterpoint to the, oh, yeah, him being a great businessman okay, man is that he's such a great businessman on the marketing and PR front, but then he decides to leave his chocolate factory to how old is Charlie? Eleven, twelve year old boy. But how no old was Willy Wonka when he started? That's what I'm I saying. Don't, I don't know, but Charlie doesn't know if he wants to be a chocolatier. He just was excited <laughs> to get out of the house and have some money. Like, I mean, like, we didn't vet him properly. Um, obviously, yeah. good you're saying he needs, Charlie he needs, you're saying but Charlie needs an MBA. He needs an I'm MBA. I'm just thinking, to... like, we don't know from this if this was a good business choice. Mm -hmm. I do think the scene after this in the elevator, Charlie's like, maybe I don't want this. <laughs> As like, we leave, yeah. we literally shoot out of the glass elevator, mm -hmm. and then that's the end, and the credits roll, and mm -hmm. you're like, is everyone okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Also, <laughs> another note, like, literally the first scene, is the candy store owner, like, giving away candy for free? Like, he's just, like, scooping it in child's hands. I don't know. I, I also <laughs> One of my other things is that grandpa, so the, grand, all the grandparents are, like, sitting in bed for, like, how many years? Like, 40 years like they've been in bed for like since before charlie was born this is what's crazy to me they talk it's about this so in the good. movie and then also they're all talking this is one of the things that i did not remember is that they're all talking about grandpa joe and his tobacco they're all, all like yeah 
like fueling his drug problem. I'm like, what? Grandpa Joe <laughs> has a drug problem and no one is, is talking about this. He's taking the money away from the household with his tobacco issues. Like literally Charlie's like, but Grandpa, what about your tobacco? Like what? I was shook. I was so shook. It's not the four of them sitting in a bed and then him uh, and probably having many bed sores and then Joe jumping up. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what made you curious, but yeah. just the tobacco part. Well, and who gives them baths? Like, does Charlie give them baths or does the mom like do they? I've always they... assumed that it was Mrs. Bucket, that she yeah. like cares for them. Yeah. And also Charlie's doing his paper Mr. Route. Bucket. They don't really talk about Mr. Bucket at all. No, which is very different from what we have seen in other versions of this adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Willy Wonka announces this big chocolate competition where there's golden tickets and chocolate bars. And if you win a golden ticket, you get to Tours Factory. And then, surprise, you get to be a business owner at the end. Um, You get to own the factory. (laughs) Yeah. With my my weird sidekicks that are... (laughs) Yeah, Oompa Loompas. This feels like lots of um, liability. Lots of like, li- yeah, child labor laws is really <laughs> what we want to talk about here on the podcast. Um, but yes, it's it's the 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 plot is. Pr- I mean, it it all happens very quickly, like through the plot. Like you go through each child, you go through each scenario. I do love that. Like Doll is really like, like each child is very specific. Like you have Augustus, who's just like, ob- like it's gluttony, obviously. Like that's what he's going through. And then it I, I, is it the, is it like notated that it is the seven deadly sins? Maybe not, but because there's four or five of them. But I just it is they're all a manifestation of the same thing. They're all like obsession. I don't know. Well, they're all like, like the idea of greed and and like right. desire and instant gratification, mm-hmm. which is what yeah. I find so interesting is they mirror each other. But this is also Wonka. Mm-hmm. He also mir- mirrors that, too. Like, that's what he wants. I mean, it's not what he wants necessarily, but he kind of continues to portray that. Like he wants greed and is selfish himself. No, I think that there's the persona that that's what people think about him mm-hmm, because of mm-hmm. his success and his way of combating that in some way is by choosing someone who doesn't have those things. But I also think that he's, I I do think that he's somewhat greedy, but the, mm-hmm. the idea of Charlie winning or being the person who gets, who gets chosen is not because he's not greedy, but it's because he recognizes his own experiences where the other people don't he's grounded Mm -hmm. in a reality how about i'll rephrase he's grounded in a reality that i don't think anyone else literally any other character is including wonka no charlie Charlie. Charlie. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well and again that's probably why wonka chooses him in the end yeah Becky, do you have thoughts on this? Tell us your thoughts. Well, do, do you know that in the book, Charlie doesn't actually take the fizzy lifting drink? Right. Yeah. I didn't know like that. that that's yes, something that's they, why it's so weird. That's something that they put in the movie was like mm-hmm. having him screw up, but admit his failure mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and apologize and 
that, but that's not from the book. So, wh- so whoever took over, like inserted that plot. And so it was important to them that, that, that was what we saw. I don't know if they thought it was because, I mean, I, I could only guess why they would think that. Um, well, it does sound like a studio note of being like, well, we need to have like an after school special here of like, Charlie needs to learn a lesson. I, I yeah. think that that's probably yeah. true, right? No one is perfect. Yeah. So people are not going to relate to the character yeah. of Charlie. Yeah. That's, right. that's or they my thought guess. They wouldn't. Is that mm-hmm. it was kind of, it was kind of missing that. But again, the book, as most of his books are, there more commentary on like the way adults and parenting are screwing right, yeah, up, right. not on mm-hmm. kids. And right. so um, I think that it was kind of showing that. And so they didn't need Charlie to screw up. But in the movie, you know, the whole thing is like that he, he plants things for each kid to be tested. Mm-hmm. But Charlie is the only one who is able to, you know, get out of that. And then he admits his failure um, instead of lying. And, and that seems to be what proves his worth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very, I mean, it's a great plot point because that is true. Like nobody is perfect and acknowledging yeah. when you screw up is incredibly difficult. Like those are great plot points, but it is not actually from the original story. Mm-hmm. Right. I think yeah. it's interesting how, I think in this movie, which I didn't remember until watching that. I don't think that the parents are very um, reprimanded in the same way that I think that in the 2005 movie, it feels like this is very much about parental issues. Um, Mm -hmm. And we even see that issue with the story we get from the backstory that isn't necessarily true from Wonka about Mm -hmm. his parentage. But I I do find it interesting because I, was watching this movie now as a adult and thinking these parents really, someone needs to get these parents in line. Like clearly Mm -hmm. these kids are acting this way because their parents have allowed them to in a lot of ways or haven't, Mm -hmm. haven't put any kind of boundary around that. (laughs) I find. Mm -hmm. But isn't that any of us like, all of us are making our decisions because, I mean, the home we grew up in and the parents that were. Oh, of <laughs> that course. We, I just we think that I think, right. I think that Becky's point is right. Like in the book, you see, you like can understand this is the parents' fault instead of the character mm-hmm. of the child, just because that's who the child is. I don't know. Right. The More one so that than I in this really, movie is what you're saying. Yes, the one obviously yeah. that I feel is different is Veruca because she's just, it's so clear about her relationship with her Mm. parent. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's Becky's favorite song. So. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, no, no, no. That was little, that was little girl Becky's favorite song. Oh yes. Okay. There we go. Little (laughs) girl. Becky. Well, well, as we said before that she reminds her of her daughter. So we just want to bring that up again. (laughs) (laughs) So mean. Taylor. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, Rowan Dahl, I think you can watch Matilda, you can watch James and the Dying Peach, you can watch, I mean, you know, all of them, and say, like, these are, these stories are more about, not more about, but they're about, like, how children are reacting to their parents, mm-hmm. and how they're interact, and how parents are messing up, and how, so, I mean, Matilda in general, we talked about Matilda on the show, too, before, about how, like, there are people adults that are safe in this world and then there are adults that are not safe in this world and that's mm-hmm. and that's very interesting and this movie just 
says that grandpa grandpas are great i guess i don't know i'm just kidding but um <laughs> i think mo- it this is movie is the about an underdog yes that's true yeah a movie yeah yeah and it's about it's i mean what i mean ultimately i think it is i think willy wonka does see himself in charlie a little bit mm-hmm. i don't know if it's explicitly saying that of like I mean, more so in the Tim Burton version, which we'll talk about, about, you know, we do get more backstory, like you, you were saying, Rachel. But I think he does, like, I think there is an maybe subconscious thing in this movie specifically of him seeing himself in Charlie. And I think that's very interesting. And I would I would have loved for a doll to write a prequel all about Wonka. But, you know, we're going to get that in Timothy Chalamet. So it's going to be great. Um <laughs> What uh, just a side note about the Wonka movies that everyone does uh, everyone in my life I'm like oh yeah that Wonka movie they don't realize that it's a prequel like everyone's like wait is this a sequel and I'm like no it's about how Willy Wonka became Willy Wonka I'm like wow this marketing team is not doing a great job so. they're not they they need to get the shucked marketing team on this <laughs> yes. seriously we've, ta- we've talked about Becky how shucked and um what's the other show um um, Gutenberg. They they Gutenberg. need Tony Awards. And merrily we roll along. And yeah. merrily we roll along. They need Tony Awards for their the marketing. Like they're all amazing. Shucks does. Their yeah. their their yeah. their marketing team does need a Tony Award. Merrily we roll along yeah. has yeah. some people. Some clout. They, yeah, they they have some names helping them out in a few different spheres. Yeah. As I've said, Katie Rose Clark. Obviously. Yeah. Oh well. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, Katie Rose Clark. That's why she's amazing. (laughs) Number one fan. Um, Katie Rose Clark. If you want to come on the show, please do. Um, Before we get to our MVPs, and I just want to briefly talk about. I I do have some funny thing. I mean, I think they're funny things that I wrote. Charlie, there's one thing. Why would Charlie fake to his family that he was getting a ticket at one point? That's so cruel. He literally opens it and it's like, and then his family. He's like, just kidding. I think that shows Charlie's true nature. He's a child. He thinks it's. Funny. I think he's a child. Child, because kids, they like, <laughs> it's they crazy. Kids do way more ridiculous things than that. True. That's true. It's for parents Um, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Again, the grandparents are bedridden for 20 years. This is wild. School closes just for the golden tickets. I mean. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the teacher scene. That's definitely, that scene to me is like so raw doll. Like it just screams like this. He totally wrote this. It's so amazing. I do like the teacher um, scene. Mrs. Gloop eats a microphone in this movie. <laughs> Wait, what? Mrs. Gloop eats the TV mi- the microphone where she she or is it is it Augustus that eats it? I oh no, Mr. Gloop. I'm sorry, it's Mr. Gloop that eats it. I missed this completely. I now have yeah, to go the, back and watch the movie. The TV anchor. We'll link a little clip in our show notes, but the TV anchor. Is interviewing the gloops and he eats the microphone. I just, I, I cannot. It's so crazy. Um, and lastly, lickable wallpaper is something that happens in the chocolate factory. And yes. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we can get that on shelves today. And like maybe it can help with FDA like compliance. There <laughs> is it. No, I'm asking <laughs> what, what's that process like. How do we get this ball rolling? I don't know. What if it was lickable wrapping paper? 
Oh. oh, like at Christmas, kids are like, this is <laughs> this is chocolate flavored. Do you guys remember those Listerine strips that were like all yeah. the rage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, but yeah. hear me out. Tissue paper and it dissolves like that, but it's like some kind of sugar cotton candy thing. I love this. Well, what, you're ex- what you're describing is the fruit roll up with the tattoos <laughs> on it. And then you put it on your tongue, and then it's a tent. Becky, do you know what we're talking about? Yeah, are pretty. Yeah. You need big sheets. All right. Well, anyone who's a candy person. Rachel and I just want edible paper. That's what we're saying. I I hear that. (laughs) I didn't know I needed it until right now. Um, Roger Ebert, the film critic, said that um, this movie was probably the best film of its kind since The Wizard of Oz, which is kind of crazy. He says it's everything that family a family movie um, usually claims to be but aren't. It's delightful, funny, scary, exciting, and most of all, a genuine work of imagination. Willy Wonka is a is surely and wonderfully spun fantasy that mm. it works on all kinds of minds and is fascinating because, like all classic <laughs> fantasy, <laughs> was that your cat, Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. Like all classic fantasy, it is fascinated with itself. Very interesting. And I think it's funny, would you I guess it is a fantasy, but it's it's funny when we think about fantasy, I always think of like Lord of the Rings or like, you know, right. like Narnia, but this it I guess it kind of is a fantasy in a way. But I mean it definitely is because well, it is a fantasy, I think because it spends so much time in the real world. And Mm -hmm. the fantasy is just inside a chocolate factory. It doesn't take them to a different world. And so Mm -hmm. that I think is why we don't think of it as fantasy. But I, what year was Mary Poppins? Because I really want to question him on the best family children's fantasy movie since Wizard of Oz, if it was before this one. Mary Poppins was 64. So yeah, I got to. I love this movie, but yeah, I, yeah. come on. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, and sound, even Sound of Music. I mean, I guess Sound of Music sound is of more adult. But, like, well, yeah, oh, Sound of Music is, is an adult. It's not fantasy. Sound of Music is, is an adult story with kids in it, but Mary Poppins mm-hmm. is fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that, David, I, what's that um, David Bowie one? <laughs> Why am I blanking on? What are you saying? Say more than that. Children's movie. Keep going. I'm going to look this up. (laughs) All right. I mean, I think what's interesting about this movie is that it is so fantastical without there being any kind of like dream sequence or any like person, like moving out of their reality. What helps me realize it's so fantastical is that the alternate reality to everyone's experience is being built by the craze of finding a golden ticket. And so like it weirdly in the story of like the normal life, they're already building what is about to be a fantasy because they're creating so much anticipation about what's going to happen. And I need to say my MVP soon because I'm going to let it slip out. But yes, we're going to talk about MVP, Rachel. Don't okay, worry. We but it relates to, it relates to like mm-hmm. a decision about the set design and mm-hmm. about like yeah the directors and i think that that also mm-hmm. is what relates to this being such a great fantasy 
and why as a kid you are feeling all the feelings that the kids are actually portraying or supposed to be feeling um two things the movie i was thinking was labyrinth the uh, the <laughs> the david bowie movie that's like it's what a classic he needed definitely a lot more than the yeah. david bowie yeah. movie okay <laughs> secondly it is kind of it is kind of a fantasy for charlie because all if you think about it all the other kids have really what they want and he's it's a fantasy for him going into the factory because they they already have it like he has nothing he just has cabbage that's all he has and perpetual stew <laughs> perpetual yes. stew. Oh, yeah that's a, that's a lot i cannot yeah. live on i i would I would, I don't know what I would be doing. I would move away. I just want to know what the, like, the atmosphere is like when they're all eating cabbage and then four of them are sharing a bed. Mm -hmm. Like, it just can't Mm -hmm. be good. Yeah, yeah. Also, could you share a bed with your, like, significant other and, like, they're your, it's your (laughs) brother, is it the brother and the sister? Is is that what it is? No, wouldn't it be the, the kids spouses parents right yes like if, right. like if my if so my daughter married someone it would be like m- m- me and if my husband and i and then her husband's parents okay yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The, the this is what i'm saying is could of. you share that with all no. of them for, for 20 not. years <laughs> no it's a hard no yeah yeah and and they're basically in a studio apartment so that's a lot. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just some quick, Rachel, we will get to your MVP, I promise. I need to this, say it. As far as awards, this movie was nominated for one Academy Award, um, Best Original Score. Also, if you guys didn't know, fun fact, Richard Rogers was approached to do the music, and he wow. declined, which is kind of crazy. Um, and this movie did not win the Academy Award. It was beat out by Fiddler on the Roof, so that's fun. Um, tradition Tradition. Um, some other fun facts Wilder picked out the color and cut of the costume of his costume that he says the hat is terrific but making it two inches shorter would make it even more special he had a (laughs) vision he literally had a vision it's very very interesting it's very close to the like little drawings and stuff from the book like it mm-hmm. the vision came from him reading the book mm-hmm. oh sure. i believe yeah. believe that his his interpretation of the character definitely came from him reading mm-hmm. the book for sure yeah 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 uh, we talked about how no one knew about wilder's entrance as willy wonka when they were filming but also they kept again another thing they kept from the children don't spoil the, my mvp the chocolate room is not was not seen by the children. Okay, that's all. That's they my reveal- MVP, Taylor. Okay, see, look, it was a great segue. That's really it what it wasn't. I wanted. You wanted to let me say it. <laughs> so we can read it. We can, Rachel. I can edit this okay. as much as I no. want. So, yeah. um, this is a PS. What, Rachel? My MVP. our MVPs right now. Yeah, what's your MVP right now, Rachel? <laughs> okay, my MVP. Because I feel like we're going to talk quickly about the songs too, but my MVP oh, yeah, is actually yeah, yeah. This, the the scene, the scenery of the chocolate room of the first entrance mm. when they walk into the factory and including the chocolate river. 
as Taylor just mentioned, it was not seen by the children before they walked in for that first shot, which is amazing because yeah. you know what? I'm sure Becky can speak to this. It's very hard for children to act shocked more than once. It's so portrayed the second time around. It's just like, oh, it's so acting the second time. Wait, pause, Rachel. Becky, speak speak more on that. (laughs) It has to be. (laughs) It's it's it It, is. I'm sure there are challenges to directing children. Yeah. Yes. No, it is incredibly hard to get kids to act, I mean, anything that earnestly. And on stage, you have a lot more benefit of you need them to read to, you know, the back of an audience. Right. And so Mm -hmm. you can you can help. You need a kid with um, some instincts and talent but you then can shape something and it can read to the audience. Right. But Mm. to get a kid's close up face and have it be earnest has to be the hardest thing in movies with kids. Mm. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I feel like conversation now, Rachel, I don't know if you know this about how, like, should they even be child actors? Like, should there, like, should that be a thing? Like, should we put kids through like, working through I don't know I feel like that I've seen that a lot recently and I mean we've talked about Allison Stoner and her Allison Stoner from Disney Channel and her podcast all about having childhood trauma from working as a child so I don't know it is a big thing obviously the kids on this movie seem you know well adjusted and I mean a lot of them this was their only movie but their only movie right which is wild but do you guys have a favorite kid performance in the movie? Is it, I mean, is it Charlie or is, do you have a, is there another one that's your fave? I, I think that it's, I think that it's Charlie because I think that um, it is hard because it's so important that you like him. Yeah. Like it's so important that he is, likable and you certainly feel for his situation but it it doesn't matter like people are very picky and very judgy and he could very quickly become a kid people found annoying mm-hmm. even though like his circumstances are are awful and therefore you he should be allowed to be annoying like right in mm-hmm. like real life like if you knew that kid he should be allowed to be annoying <laughs> but right. um it, I think that that kind of character in a kid, a child actor can very quickly become annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But for the magic of the movie to work, you have to cheer for Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I agree. Charlie is my favorite. I mean, partly this is because he's, he has the most screen time and the story yes, is about him. Does. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think that I caught myself feeling like actually feeling for him. And then also as an adult, like feeling sad and then feeling when he gets the golden ticket, I was like, (sighs) like heavy breathing. I was just so excited. I know how the movie, I know how the story goes. Mm -hmm. And yet I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And then he's the fact that there's like two other times where he tries for the golden ticket and then he doesn't get it. And then he gets it like rule of three, obviously it's amazing. But like the third time, he like gets it it's so satisfying to see him like well you know they do the shot they do the shot where you think he didn't get it 
Because yeah. when you first mm-hmm. open it, you see the chocolate without the gold. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, but I like, I like Charlie's, I like the actor. I mean, I think that they did a great job. I don't know how much of that was direction or just instinct. But I, the other part about Charlie, especially what we've already talked about, he is the adult. There is no one else in the movie who is an adult at all. Maybe the candy man at the shop, maybe. But everyone else acts as a kid. I mean, it's crazy. And so he has to hold a lot of, he's holding almost all the responsibility and I mean, ownership. Arguably over his happened. mom, I would say. Yes, but she's yes, yeah. and also she's so passive in the in the yeah. storyline. Like she is present, mm-hmm. but not in the same kind of way. She doesn't. We don't see her caring for Charlie outside of that song and dur- when he comes home um, for dinner. We, we know she's present, but we don't mm-hmm. see their relationship and what she holds emotionally. But like Charlie is still feeling obligated to be a member of the household and participating in all of these ways financially when he's a child. And Mm. I just think that that is hard. It's hard to have a child do that without making them feel like they're too, they're putting on a persona. And I felt, it felt pretty genuine, even though I'm sure it wasn't, but it felt very genuine from this actor in the direction there that I felt like, oh, he like actually is worried about what he does and how he's feeling and what, how that Mm. impacts other people in a way that an 11, 12 year old shouldn't have to be that empathetic or aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it's his circumstances. It's I think sometimes when you're in that type of environment, you you automatically sometimes have more empathy than people that yes. than little girls that are given whatever they want, um, like Becky's daughter. Um, so Taylor, <laughs> once again, I said she's not spoiled like her, but no. if we That's did nice. spoil her like that, she would be that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could easily be that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm the youngest of three, so I definitely was spoiled. This is you, actually. Yeah, I am. I am very. I have a. I have a giant squirrel in my in upstairs. (laughs) Oh man, Uh, my MVP. I just wanna. Rachel, did did you want to talk more about the the chocolate room? Oh, and that the chocolate river was real. That's my secondary MVP. I just want to shout out to the people who are working the set. And the people who are working tired, yeah. tired and tirelessly um, f- to put this together and someone because someone made a decision that, yes, this was actually going to be chocolate. And someone else was like, that's going to be a terrible plan for all of my people who mm-hmm. are going to be working on this set. Where are we going to put it? How are we going to do this? And yet they did it anyway. And I yeah. personally don't know what it would look like if it wasn't actually chocolate um, during you know the filming of this in the 70s. So. It looks amazing. It might have looked just yeah. as fine without it being actual chocolate. But I want to <laughs> shout out to the people who worked behind the scenes because I think we forget about that. Especially, you know, nowadays in Hollywood, a lot of it is imagery. And obviously those people are still doing the work. They're yeah. illustrating it. But these mm. these are physical props right. that were made and placed right. there and moved around. And I, I mean, much like Barbie that. this year, everything was practical. So we, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta <laughs> shout out Barbie on the show. We always do. It's my favorite. It's Taylor's um, favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything's practical. They should have had a chocolate river in Barbie. Um, I, I want to say too, the fact that this was only nominated for best original score, I mean, it is a great score, but yeah, it totally could have had a production design 
nomination. It could have had a costume design nomination. It could Gene Wilder, of course, could have been nominated. I mean, I mean, Charlie could have been nominated. I mean, it, that would have been amazing. So there, there could have been more love with the Academy. Um, my MVP is because we're we're going to talk about the music, but my MVP is the song "Cheer Up Charlie" because that's my favorite song in the show. I just love listening to it. I love singing. It's such a fun song to sing. It's so pretty. I love. There's a version that Leslie Odom Jr. does, and it's so amazing. Everyone can go listen to it. It's so great. Um, and it's just I don't know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory coming on to Broadway with Leslie, with Leslie Odom. Odom. Jr. As Mrs. Incredible. As Mrs. Bucket. As Mrs. Bucket. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's how yeah, she sings that song. That's the only true. way she's gonna it's sing. True. Okay. Well, and in the stage show, I think because you have both the parents, and then I yeah. think Grandpa Joe comes in too. Right? In the stage show, yeah, both stage. parents, both parents and Grandpa Joe yeah. sing it. Oh, perfect. Well, yeah. he could be anyone and then, then. But I don't, I don't know about the new, the version because. The new version came out after we did it with. Are you that, talking about the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the most mm-hmm. recent Broadway version? Yes, yeah, that yes, does not have. Yeah. That doesn't have any of this music except mm-hmm. for your the, imagination. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Which is the the Scott Women and um. Why can I? Why am I blanking on the other guy's name? The hairspray guys and and catch me if you can. Oh. Oh, Shaman and Scott Whitman. And Shaman, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. got there. Shaman, and, yeah. Um, they wrote the most recent with um, Christian Borrell. With Christian Borrell. Yes, Wonka. Yes, yeah. As Wonka, and mm-hmm. he was bald. That's all I remember. Um, well, did you see oh. it? <laughs> no, I did not see it, mm. but um, I saw him in something rotten before he did yep. that, and I. I remember him talking, and it, it was a big deal. I mean, there was a lot of promotion around it, and, uh, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Were, yeah, it's Charlie mm-hmm. and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Oh, oh, how did you like it? Yes, tell us your <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> She's like, I hate it. Um, I did not particularly enjoy it. There were a few. Did you see it with Christian? Yeah, I did. Yes, he was. Mm. He is very. He was very good. Um, he was very good, but it was just a clunky show. Like there were a few songs I really enjoyed, but it, it was, if you think it's this is modern, right? It, it, yes. But I mean, if you think that this movie is creepy, so Veruca, this clearly, this is the only thing I remember because it was scarring, even though I was an adult <laughs> when I saw it and I can't, it, it, it really ruined the whole thing. So <laughs> the Veruca song, she, in this version, she's like, you know, greedy and spoiled and all of that, but she's also like a little ballerina kind of spoiled little girl. Oh, and okay. so it, her whole song, it's like a little reference to some Nutcracker ish. And then the squirrels are life size. They look like they're like evil squirrels in a nightmare version of the Nutcracker they're life size. They come out, they attack her, they pull her up, they switch her out for a doll and pull her apart limb by limb. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So no, wow. I did That's not amazing. enjoy that personally. <laughs> um, I, 
<laughs> Did you know it was a doll when it was happening, or were you like, I mean, obviously when she no, got pulled apart, but I personally could see where we were going and was like already like it was to mm. me it was telegraphed enough. I don't know how much that was already true, or if like I was watching for like what are you about to do, and I kind of um, but she when I watched it, I was like, I, I get it. It's like, because it's so, it is such like a kooky story and show you feel like you can kind of play with it. But I, I, you know, again, a grandma before my time, but like, as a mom, I was like, people are bringing their children to see this because you mm. marketed Charlie and the chocolate factory. Like you didn't give it a different name. You did it like yeah. you marketed this. So, so children are coming and there has to be some awareness of, of that. In my personal opinion, mm-hmm. unless you're going, there's obviously like sometimes, you know, say like they do the movie Maleficent, like obviously that is not intended to be the Disney fairy tale version of, right. of Sleeping Beauty. Like it's marketed that way, right. but this was not marketed that way. And so mm-hmm. I just really felt like they were, trying to be clever and not mm-hmm. having any respect for like who might come. Mm. Yeah. Valid. Valid. This is another kind of interesting example of like a West. We've talked about it a little bit on the show about a West end show being so popular yes. in the West end. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, it ran from 20, for, it mm-hmm. ran from 2013 to 2017 in the West End, and then it transferred to Broadway in 2017, mm-hmm. and, and only ran for like less than a year. Mm-hmm. And um, I do want it says here the Broadway version did have the Candyman and Pure Imagination, so it had both of those from the movie, which is interesting. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I knew it had That's Pure Imagination. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is it. I think again, it is one of those things too, where like, yeah, let's revamp something, let's do it differently, and then it, yeah, it kind of has, you know, some reviews are good, some reviews are bad, but it is. Yeah, it yeah, it, it had its it had its merits, um, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I just remember being very horrified by that moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I your point, so. your point. Yeah, I mean, I we'll talk about this on the next episode, so you won't be a part of it. But I think that this was a marketing issue for the second movie related to Willy Wonka, right. like, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. I found I find very interesting. Uh, it was very mm-hmm. much marketed to children, and I think it had a darker overall ambiance mm-hmm. than this right. movie. I mean, Tim Burton is that. Wild. Right. Yes, of course. And yeah. people, I mean, some yeah. people knew that, but I do think that there's... But I guess a seven-year-old child doesn't know about Tim Burton. So. I don't know who right. Tim Burton is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I want to know, hey, if you're a seven-year-old who loves Tim Burton, please reach out to us. And, um, Listening yeah. to podcasts on your... Yes. like. Of course they are. Feet. Becky, don't, don't come at me. I know I came at you a bunch of times on this podcast, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's still learning about children's ages. My son's like what five months? It's fine. He loves Tim Burton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Big Fish is his favorite movie. <laughs> <And> musical. Um, <laughs> hey, yes, that's musical. a great musical. Moving it is forward. An amazing yeah, for musical. Sure. Yeah. Um. So Cheer Up Charlie. I, I digress here. Cheer Up Charlie is my favorite song in the movie. It's my MVP. Becky, what is your MVP of the movie? 
Um, I, this is probably just partially because I, because of what I do, it's something I focus on, but I would say that the five child actors are my MVP of the movie because they're very good. And in a lot of movies in the world, you're like, Oh, that poor kid can't do that. Um, (laughs) but they, they are really good. And I think it is part of why kids enjoy the movie so much and don't realize the things that then as adults were like, Oh, wow. Kids are watching this because the kids are so good that kids are, they believe them and they connect to them and they, they are invested immediately. Mm -hmm. Did you think about that a lot too, when you were directing it, like casting kids that could embody these roles too? Yeah, I mean, when I was directing it, I had very specific things for each role that I was passionate about. Um, And that other directors um, would have different kind of visions, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were specific things that I was like, I think to sell this character, this one thing is important to me. And... um, I really, I really saw those things through when I, in casting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love it. Um, do you, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to you, Becky. Do you have a big L for the movie? Like, a, is there a big lot, like something that maybe doesn't gel with you now? <laughs> Obviously there's no like dolls being pulled in limb by limb but <laughs> well no the thing that you you like actually semi-reference the scene earlier but the thing that like it's just it's not a really big l in the sense that like uh, nobody else cares and i as a kid i honestly probably i don't i don't remember i could have thought it was gross or i could have thought it was funny but like now i just think we look at their tongues licking the wallpaper for so long and it <laughs> grosses me out yeah. like i I, there's like this really long shot of, I think like grandpa Joe's tongue. And I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if yeah. you asked me 100 things back. I wanted to see in this movie, not one, mm-hmm. not <laughs> grandpa Joe's tongue would not make, not come make the list. So, um, not, that, a, not, a, big me, fan of, not a big fan of Jack Albertson's tongue. <laughs> no, I just like <laughs> enhanced it's, and it's like, the the fun the fun of everything i get but then like oh they lick the wallpaper we don't have to stare at them licking like something about it really gets right. me i don't it's not i my really thing. hope i really hope we get timothy chalamet's tongue in this movie in wonka <laughs> you <laughs> and thousands of others taylor are yes. hopeful for that <laughs> there's so many jokes i can make but i'm gonna stop myself um <laughs> yes yes taylor uh, what's your biggest though Oh, my big L. I think I gotta say the the guy. What's his name? See this. I'm Slugworth. Is that? This is helpful. Mm-hmm. Slug, the Slugworth. The fake Slugworth. The fake one. Yeah, the fake Slug. Yeah. I just can't with the turning to the the child and whispering in their ear. Like I just, oh, I just, I don't know. It's too much for me. I'm like, this is creepy. He's just so creepy. Again, he's giving off child catcher vibes, like we were talking about. And he's that's creepy my big on L. purpose. So. I know, I know, but like what I, I guess Willy Wonka had an intention with it, and there is a point, but it just it was it, it was it was too much for me. That that's my big L. And also, there's that scene in the very beginning where like 
Charlie's in front of the factory and there's like that guy like walking past or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And he yeah. has like he has like a thing. There's like a ton of knives. He just has knives. like knives. Yeah, I'm like this is creepy. So mm-hmm. I guess again, all intended to be, but those are my big L's. I mean, and again, Grandpa Joe being a drug addict, he really needs rehab. <laughs> I think really he needs he needs a financial planner. He needs some help. <laughs> With his finances. Yeah, yeah. Well, they all need to get out of that bed. <laughs> um, Rachel, what's your big L for the movie? Oh, okay. My big L is actually what I think. I I think my big L is what I what I feel is great, but all in reality, in retrospective, I'm like, I don't. Why did we do this for so long? Mm-hmm. And that is the scene in the dark where we are on the boat and things get crazy. Mm. I just feel like it it didn't it didn't it doesn't read as an adult as much as it does as a kid. One. Two, I was fearful of the actor playing the Oompa Loompa who actually might be falling off of this raft. I was like, please mm-hmm. someone help them. Are they okay? Into the real chocolate river. Into the actual chocolate (laughs) river. And also, I think I wanted it to be more. I know that that contradicts the other part where I'm like, why are we doing this? But I just, it didn't, it just didn't read fully on where we were going, moving from the chocolate room to the other rooms in that way. And I think it's supposed to symbolize something or it's just most supposed to make us feel something. And as an adult, I miss the feeling. And as a child, I obviously missed any kind of symbolism uh, at all related to that. Well, I think two points, again, this is the seventies. So like, there's only so much they could do. And so I think, I, think, I get that. I think like, I think like someone had an idea and they were like, yeah, we'll stick with that. And that's what it was. Well, this is why um, I didn't say um, what's her name when she blows up like a blueberry. Violet. Cause that was going to be my L. Yeah, yeah, violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's valid. Yeah. That's valid. It's hard to do that. I mean, it's hard to show. I mean, the one in the second one, which we'll talk about, is it's it's a big blueberry. That's Too all. Tease tease for next week is what we're saying. Um <laughs> yeah. There's um I mean the the boat ride, I think again that I in retrospect, that scene is more for children to be kind of freaked out about it than it is for adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of our favorite questions on our Lala Bland episode. Actually, my favorite question. Yeah, yeah. Becky, uh, could James Corden have been in this movie? Uh, yes, I think he could have, and I think that he would be Mr. Salt. Oh. Whoa, that's such a deep cut. I was not prepared. <laughs> Actually, I can see I would, that. Now yeah. that you say that. Yeah. I yeah. Do you want to say more? I I was like, okay, you just left it there. And I well, I just yes, so I thought about this. I mean, I I you sent me this question and I and I really thought about it a lot because it felt like you wouldn't have this question if it wasn't important to you. So I wanted to give it some real thought. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes, I think that (laughs) is like I think that he would be funny and believable as this like 
dad just like desperately trying to, to keep mm-hmm. his child happy all the time. Like I totally, I think he would be really funny and I think that I would believe it. I like, I that. like this answer. I like yeah. that answer. Yeah. 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 You probably thought about it way more than we do on this podcast, but I love it. <laughs> um, I do want to say in actuality, James Corden was born in 1978. So in actuality, he couldn't have been in this movie, but oh man, I feel like little James Corden, if he was alive during this movie, would have auditioned for all the children's parts. So <laughs> I just want to put that out there. I mean, I just want to say it off the bat. James Corden, Willy Wonka, question mark. No, absolutely not. Never. <laughs> Could not oh, happen. Man. I just I just want to see no. that version. I really, really do. I really, well, really do. Well, you can dream about it at night, Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I will. I will. Um. And then, yeah, Mr. Salt's a really, really good answer. answer, Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, I think another obvious answer is just like all the Oompa Loompas. (laughs) James Corden. I I did think about that. Every single Oompa Loompa. I I truly thought about that, but it Mm -hmm. it, I felt too easy. So yeah, too easy. It was an easy out. Rachel, Rachel, do you have one? Do you have? uh, well, I never ever want James Corden to be in any movie musical ever again. <laughs> but I like Becky's answer. I my thought was actually I think who I think they would cast him as is Grandpa Joe. And right. I wouldn't love it, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be as terrible as I could imagine other things being. Yeah, James um, Corden's I do think he would Grandpa make it Joe very like very just very animated to him springing out of bed yeah. i just that's the part where i watched it and i was like that james corden could do that there would be like animated sparkles around him when he gets out of bed and then there, I say, there might be some down. little tapping yeah. or something it's true and would james corden's grandpa joe have a drug problem that is the question <laughs> you say it like it's a big deal it's tobacco it was very normal it, it, I know. it was very but- normal He's is like, it normal though? Like, I don't know. Is it tobacco in a pipe? No, I think, I think tobacco, especially then, like a pipe would have been super so normal. Like, like, I just, I, underst- I, I understand the fact that Charlie is like, no, you need your tobacco. Like, I don't know. It's like more than like actual food or like clothing or like, I don't no, know, no. like bed store he, ointment. Like, he. He did bring home bread before right. he gave him money no, for the tobacco. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. This, there is, you true. Go. this is true. Points. Yeah, I just, it's, it was just too much for me. Taylor um, ha- could, yeah. can't relate, but I do think I'm in mental health. Well, what can, can I say? Okay, what can I say? I do think Grandpa Joe. He would. Be, someone would cast him as Grandpa Joe. It would happen. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, as we end all of these Lala Blands, as Rachel said at the beginning. Do we say, is it, are we, we always mess yeah. this up, right? Let me now. tell you, we always mess is it La La yeah. Bland or are we La La fans or stands, depending on who yeah. you are? Yeah. Rachel, are we oh, La back to me. fans or is I'm a it big, bland? I, I'm, well, it definitely is not a bland. Um, yeah. I think, I'm unsure if I'm a stand, but I'm a fan. I think. Definitely, this movie stands the test of time in a lot of ways. It is, mm-hmm. as an adult, like we've said multiple times, a little bit more strange and alternative mm. reality. And I probably would do better if I was watching it when I was like kind of sleepy and had a little cough medicine in me. Um, <laughs> but 
I think it's so it's also really fun and it talks it plays with the idea of morality and right and wrong and earning mm -hmm. things and the idea of who's mm -hmm. benefiting off of like power structures in a way that is just not it's not overtly about that it's about Charlie but it is somehow also about those things and I find I find it very powerful and I obviously mm -hmm. Gene Wilder is incredible in this movie and yeah. really yeah. his version of Wonka became the version of Wonka I think um and you can't that's definitely not bland and I can't uh stand in the way of 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 that reality so that's my answer love that love that um becky while you answer this question i also want to ask like do you remember showing your daughters this movie and their reaction to it um yeah so they we did um character works did a willy wonka summer camp a couple years ago and so i we mm -hmm. watched it then because they were doing summer camp um mm -hmm. And yeah, I do. And they, they loved it. I mean, I think they might say like, it's a little weird, but they, the idea of a magical chocolate factory. I mean, that's right. when you watch things so like this through the eyes of a child, like that's what they saw was kids mm -hmm. magically going through a chocolate factory. They, they mm -hmm. did not. And the other thing I want to say is like the thing that we find the most weird as adults is the grandparents in the bed, but kids think that's hilarious. Yeah. Super like, fair. Yeah. And, yeah. and I remember and that even, great jokes even in the show. Yeah. Directing, yeah. directing the, the show on stage. I mean, the kids in the audience, they just giggled and giggled and giggled and giggled. So that oh. is, I mean, it's kind of like when you, we, you get older and you start to pick apart, like, like cartoon Disney movies you watched when you were little and stuff like that. And you're like, right. well, what would they do this? And there are fair things to be said, but sometimes the, the point is the magical eyes of a child. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And my girls loved this movie and they love the idea of the chocolate factory and they can't wait till we would do this full show again at character works. Mm. Like, um, so they don't have any of the like, things that we see now and it's really helpful to watch movies like that as a parent like with kids of like yeah. oh yeah have yeah. they seen the tim burton version um yes they have because we watched them both okay, they have yeah, seen yeah. it yeah. they think it's weird mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah 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 mm. um they yes they have seen it and they, yeah. they like the, this one was a little more magical to them, but I would say they mm -hmm. like them both. I would say yeah. that they like them both. It's definitely more innocent. And I think that's just Tim Burton's not really an innocent, he's not really like interested no. in that. I would no. say. I would agree. Um, so I think I know the answer to this, but Lala Bland or Lala uh, Bland? <laughs> yes. I'm a big fan. I, even when I watched it again, because I knew we were doing this, I really was like, wow this is a great movie. Like it, it mm. really, the, it is, it really is magical. And Gene Wilder is just so, he's so good. He like mm. the, there are times that you're just so charmed by him. And then times that you're like, is that guy okay? Mm. And yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. It, but that you can go back to being charmed, mm. like while seeing that, I don't know. He's so good. The kids are so good. 
it's such a sweet story. I mean, I know that like these kids are like falling into chocolate fountains in a factory, but it's fantasy. Like, you yeah. know, that's not real. So, right. yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love this movie. And again, I've seen like my kids, I watched it with my kids just a couple years ago and they, they thought it was magical which is a, was a good reminder of like no it's not too strange and and weird it mm-hmm. really is mm-hmm. um yeah. so i think when i watched it again for this having that knowledge really helped me just like buy into all of it again mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love that yeah i think i mean we've talked a lot about gene wilder and it's really it's fun to play the Fred Astaire, Joel Grey, mm-hmm. like it's fun to think about those what, <laughs> what ifs, but like yeah. Gene Wilder really does make this movie, and it's really hard to see anyone else play Willy Wonka, like think about playing Willy Wonka because he's mm-hmm. such a core part of it. Like, but even though he's in like 35 minutes of the movie, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I also would say I'm a fan. I think going back to it again, like we've said, like it's just it's really fun. It's really breezy. I mean, it's really it's only an hour and like. 35 minutes or something it's really like breezy and fun to get through it's it's you know put it on when you're having your holiday party and you know watch Willy Wonka again um and yeah it's there's so much about it that you know it's fun to nitpick but so much about it is so magical and it's really fun Mm -hmm. to return and also think about like you know, we talked about it at the beginning, like it was 10 years ago that I performed in this, sh- in the show and it was so much fun to perform. Like it really is a fun show to, you know, put on stage, even though, you know, I was wearing an Oompa Loompa costume and, <laughs> and, um, but, but like so many scenes, like it was so fun and it means the story of Willy Wonka means so much to so many people that it was really fun yeah. to portray that. Obviously we've talked about on the show, how I also, we Rachel and I were in Wizard of Oz together and that is also another you know we've referenced it on this podcast that it's that's also another movie musical that means so much to so many people mm-hmm. and that it's really fun to perform that for people and put that out and get the you know live audience and all of that so mm-hmm. Lala fan I'm a Lala, Lala fan. fan wow yes, yeah you we we made it through this whole thing and never do, do you talk about the like music specifically? I was gonna I was <laughs> waiting for Taylor because he kept saying he was going to. I yeah, was like, right, I was gonna right. talk. This was me gonna bring it up at the end. Because what I yeah, almost said our... I almost said pure imagination as my MVP, but I was like, he's gonna talk about the music specifically. So I'm just gonna right. wait till okay. then. Oh my gosh, exactly I'm right. sorry, I'm sorry. Let's do our epilogue. Let's do our Gosh, let's do our epilogue and talk about the music, okay? Okay. This is where... <laughs> Editing Becky, post. go off. Just I go off, Becky. Live. You talk about the music. <laughs> well, no, I just, I think that Pure Imagination is one of the most beautiful, magical songs. I don't think I've ever heard it pop up used somewhere and I don't start to like tear up. And it, and mm-hmm. it's, I think it's magical. Again, it's the song they kept when they moved. They did the London version, um, the new West End version that moved to Broadway. And I, the lyrics of it are so, they're so fantastic. Like it, it, you, mm. you listen to it and it's like a song about pure imagination. It's so beautiful and it's moving. But then when you listen to the lyrics, it's it's very profoundly written. I I think it is a, 
gorgeous mm-hmm. song that it beyond mm-hmm. stands that we've talked about so many things in this movie that like stood the test of time. And I would say that pure imagination would be, I mean, in the same second only to Gene Wilder himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I I think we I didn't that. talk about the music, but we'll talk about it now. But I, yeah. I will say my, my, my circle back point was going to be to Taylor's point when he was saying that he had told all these people we were talking about this as a musical and people are like, it's a musical. But yeah. to me, what I, I mean, that's very insulting. But to me also, <laughs> actually, that means that people really like this musical, right? Like people right. have enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. so much that the music and people randomly bursting into song is no longer strange enough for them to even register that it is a musical. Musicals mm-hmm. have such a, especially movie musicals, have such a bad connotation because it's like, why are we singing? We could just be talking. Right. If it's not mm-hmm. singing in the rain or it's not some kind of classic you know, stage, stage show. What, why are we, or Barbie? Barbie. Not in it. Yeah. What are, stop, stop with Barbie. <laughs> I'm just Ken now. Um, no, but yeah. right. Like it's it, people are singing throughout this musical, throughout this movie, not just when there's a fantastical moment, but also when there is. And if people don't register that as a musical, I actually think that that is why the, like the music is so powerful then that people are mm-hmm. still participating in it without th- thinking it's weird. And I guarantee you, if you had asked all those people, Taylor, if they knew all of the songs, they would have known almost all of those songs. I've got a golden mm-hmm. ticket. Well, I'm sure they knew. Mm-hmm. Well, funny and enough, I think Cheer Up Charlie is like one of the most unremembered songs in the movie. Like people forget mm-hmm. about it. And yeah. I think it's personally one of the best songs, if not the best song in the movie. I do love Pure Imagination a lot. Um, and the way that Gene Wilder, I mean, the the walking down the steps and the going mm-hmm. back, like all of that is so yeah. much fun. And mm-hmm. you can tell like he really was like, like they really rehearsed it. Even if they didn't, mm-hmm. it looks like it looked like they did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the, I mean, the Candyman. I feel like the Candyman is such, like, yes. so ubiquitous. That's like, my favorite wow. song. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's, yeah. like, lyrically or musically the best song, but it is so catchy, and it's so fun, and mm-hmm. you get, it's just, you, I don't know, you open with that kind of feeling, and it feels good, and I, I once again think that that sets you in the right space. Like, to add music mm-hmm. to a to add music that feels so real still to children was quite, is quite incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that this is why it's amazing that it people it's in the, it's in the mainstream, I guess I'm pretty amazed yeah. by it. Well, and yeah, again, people, I think people don't think of it as a movie musical, which is so crazy because it literally, there's so many songs in it. It's so wild. It's so crazy yeah. among, I mean, and do the Oompa Loompas even sing? I guess they sing a little they bit. They do. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I also because that's with the Tim Burton movie, that's like the only singing in it is that are the Oompa Loompas. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, we'll find out next week when we watch it. Yes, we will. Yeah, we will. Next week. <gasps> yeah. And and the well, I do. I mean, music by Leslie Bracusi, I'm a, I want to say and Anthony Newley. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they I mean, they did. It looks Anthony Newley, it says here, wrote Feeling Good for um, the song Feeling Good by Nina Simone. So that's cool. Oh, really? And wrote, yeah, uh-huh. that's what it says here. Cool. And wrote songs for Tony Bennett and um, Barbara Streisand. 
Mariah Carey. So that's cool. And Leslie Bercusi wrote, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Tom and Jerry wrote songs for Tom and Jerry, Goldfinger, and um, yeah, Dr. Doolittle, the musical. So great. Yeah, we just want to shout them out because they wrote some pretty awesome songs. So, shouting shout out. out, shouting out. Yes, uh, the movie musical podcast episode where we talk about the music at the very end, um, <laughs> and only when prompted. Oh my. You know, what do I, and it's it's newborn brain. I have newborn brain. That's what I'm calling it. That's what it is. Yeah. You had already fair. talked about the music. That's what it was. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, well, Becky, we so appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah, this was fun. And listen, if you guys are in the greater Virginia, Richmond area, go check out Character Works. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. We will, you know, not Link a sponsor, but we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll shout them out. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, one of the reasons why both of us love theater so much today. And is know each other. And know each other. Rachel and I would not have known each other without without that company. So, yeah. yeah. R- literally the reason this podcast exists. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come uh, see future hosts of podcasts. That's right. <laughs> the best visual platform there is. <laughs> Lots of future podcasters in this theater company. <laughs> Uh, well, this was so much fun. Um, tune in next week for our discussion on Big Fish. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on, it's um, so on, yeah, on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton movie. We'll have lots to say. Yeah, lots to say. Um, it'll be so much fun. But oh, so much fun. Thank you. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Woo-hoo. Becky. Thank yeah. All right, Rachel, let's talk about our character of the week. Let's do it. This is a segment where we pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think about what we've been up to, what are our thoughts, what are our vibes, and then we scour the theater universe and pick a theater character who has similar thoughts, feelings, or vibes. That's right. Um, and Becky, would you like to go first? What's funny about this is like, I n- I did not plan to tell you multiple times during this that I was a grandmother before my time. And then I was like, oh, that's funny. This matches the character that I thought of today. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love okay, that. so my just like current, like the, just the... the this week or days vibes. The only character that I could think of is Mrs. Peru from Music Man, because for two reasons. One, I because it's like I just got back from a trip and it's Thanksgiving week, so I'm just cleaning and cooking. Like that, I I am right. a mom and a wife, and that that is what I'm doing this week. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but secondly, because my oldest daughter has started middle school and so our topics of conversation have just moved so much more often into uh relationships i mean she is in no relationship Mm. because she is 11 but just who (laughs) likes who and what boy said this and who liked this person and the and that is all mrs Peru is ever talking about and i don't know i just (laughs) It's true. Yeah. She just talks to her daughter about men all the time. And I was like, am I 
what is going on in my life? So Connor's going to marry a con man. It's really what's going to happen. <laughs> a reform con man. Yeah, um, right. We, but yes, right here in River City. <laughs> so yeah, I I may still be in my mid thirties, but I guess that I really am just a grandma because the only character I could think of was Mrs. Peru. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love Becky. That's too. awesome. That's so good. Oh my gosh. Um, um, follow up question you. really to me on the Mrs. Peru. I just have one question mm-hmm. is um, like how, well, I guess more about like your daughter starting middle school is like, how much do you think about now? Like going back, you're like, is this how I was? Like, is this really, is this <laughs> how it was? Like, is, are we no, really it's- talking it's funny it's funny that you asked that so she is actually like a way better middle schooler than I was so I don't feel that way because I I was terrible and I was way more boy crazy at that age than she is she is she's like sweet she has crushes but like I and I had way bigger attitude than she has. So no, I don't think that because she is like a real improvement on me at that age. So not, not that we don't ever butt heads or anything. I don't, I don't mean to put out some kind of like, I have some parenting magic or whatever. (laughs) In spite of me, my uh, middle schooler is actually pretty fun to talk to and fairly level-headed to this point. Love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really all, I mean, that's really a testament to you and your, your husband. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Middle school's rough out there. So yeah. no one can pay me any amount of money to go back no, to middle school. I know. So. I say that all yeah. the time. Yeah. 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 I always tell, cause I work with kids and I always tell kids like, yeah, I'll go back to college, but middle school and high school, I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not middle school. Definitely not. Yeah. yeah. No. Her, her best friends though, are her character work friends. So Huh? The, no, Taylor and I school. did meet in middle school, so there's something. It's true. That was the best yeah. part of middle school is Aww, that's being sweet. a mouse in Cinderella. <laughs> Rude. You were like, oh, <laughs> okay, okay, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Did you enjoy being a mouse as much as you enjoyed being a uh, grown Oompa well, I think the best part about the mouse is that it was a puppet. I didn't have to be on stage. Yeah, he was okay. hidden behind the, the little yeah. fireplace. Yeah. Got it. I didn't Got have it. to like spray get a spray tan, Becky, okay? Jeez. <laughs> As someone who was a winky in was it Oz? <laughs> I will say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to be painted green, so it worked out. Yeah. Alphabet. We're we're starting a winky ex winky ex oompa loompa support group. If you guys want to, um, clownfish <laughs> support group yeah. slash inner clownfish. circle. Clownfish. Oh, I love yeah. that. We would also love to hear your thoughts on all of the Shrek and Mean Girls and Mulan Rouge buzz, and also Rachel's New York trip. All of that. <laughs> um, and of course your thoughts on Willy Wonka. Did. Grandpa Joe really have a drug problem, and I really <laughs> think he did. And um, Gene Wilder, oh all about Gene R- Wilder. Yeah. So uh, tell us, and of course, tell us your character this week. You may get a shout out on a future episode. Rachel, who is your character this week? This week, it's December, right? Yeah. It's it is December. December. 
great. Um, and honestly, as of releasing this, <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like I'm never prepared for Christmas, and now I have cats, <laughs> and we are trying to work on whether or not we're gonna have a Christmas tree. Um, I get a live tree and then I like to decorate it on Christmas Eve, which I know is weird, but I really like it. So it's just a normal plain tree until Christmas Eve. Um, but all the, all that to say, I feel like a lot of people are in the spirit and I'm yet, I'm not yet in the spirit. I'm looking for Christmas. I'm wondering where it is. I'm singing my little solo. I have a mm -hmm. terrible hairdo, but I'm cute. And that's right. This week I'm Cindy Lou Who. Oh, I love Where are you, this. Christmas? Where are you? Where are you? you? It's coming. Yeah. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite songs <laughs> in that movie. And also, I'm like, wow, we really, we could have worked the song a bit more before we sang mm -hmm. it. But that's okay. <laughs> Taylor, who are you this week? Oh, my gosh. Well, this week, I was for those that don't know i have been working two jobs i've been working two jobs i have a newborn i've been doing this podcast guys really i really should just sleep really is what i should do <laughs> and um i recently left my other job um which was uh at a bagel shop and i was a little bagel boy and this week i'm not a character, but a song from a musical. And because I'm going to miss all my Beagle friends so much, I am goodbye from Catch Me If You Can. Oh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Me alone on the stage, just singing goodbye. Uh, goodbye, goodbye. So good. Yeah, Aaron, always. Also, always Aaron. Yeah. very good song. But also, Thank no, you. that's so iconic, Taylor. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Oh man, well, if you would like to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thank you.